Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twitter account that we threw it up on. Yeah, I follow it. I always try to tag and share stuff and I always look at that. It's the one with the new logo, right? Yeah. Nice. Let's see if I can get uh Sirenscape going without being too obnoxious. Like I said, it was crashing yesterday on me. Get some city sounds going. What's up? We're officially live. Everyone can see us now. Woohoo! <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm glad to be back on here and streaming and, you know, talking about some cyberpunk and some Night City. Uh, I, I need that shit. It's like therapy to me, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, yeah, and hey, what's up, everybody in the, in the chat? I see uh, Eric there, and uh, let me make sure I per uh, Perkin Jalair. Hopefully I'm saying per that right. Perkinji. Oh, okay, Perkinji. Yeah, seeing some people there nice and early. That's great. Yeah, this is uh, Night City Live. This is the third episode. Uh, Lobster Falcon's been with me since the first episode. That's awesome. I really appreciate you coming back and joining me. I think this is kind of uh, me and you. This is our thing, I guess, now. <laughs> you know, like we, we had a third uh, planned, and um, it, it didn't work out with the scheduling, and then I tried the last minute hit up a couple other GMs I, I work with and I know and I'm friends with and it just didn't work out with like anybody and, and even a couple committed and then we're like oh shit I forgot you know I can't because of this and I'm like damn it alright and I was like lobster let's, let's do this just me and you we can do it <laughs> I'm ready so yeah I think we can handle it um, hey what's up I see Big Val in the chat my beautiful wife who plays Raven the solo in our weekly ongoing um, but yeah, Night City Live, this is, uh, you know, everything about Night City. Uh, the first episode we did uh, places and things and services of Night City. The second episode was all about the gangs of Night City. Um, anybody interested in those? The VODs are on Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, so it's just youtube.com slash cyberpunkuncensored. Uh, I'll drop all the links in the description at the end of this, and we'll VOD, VOD it on that on that channel too. You can also go to cyberpunkuncensored.com. Uh, you'll see it written there in the bottom of the frame. That will be in the description too. We have links to everything from there, um, as well as the Discord, where you'll find a link to uh, Night City Stories, which Lobster Falcon can tell you all about. Why don't you do a little introduction uh, to about you know tell people about you and about uh, the server and what you guys are doing there? Sweet. So. 
we, um, I'm part of Night City Stories, which is the largest online living community for uh, Cyberpunk Red. Um, if you've ever wanted to play Cyberpunk Red and you just didn't have a home game or, you know, kept trying to schedule Session Zero and it just never really happens, or you're the forever GM and you don't want to run this just, time, just this time, um, living communities are where you can go online and uh, we have about 20 active GMs all posting games. Um, and always looking for more GMs, and so it's a a one-off style where you are. It's still a living com a living community. Your characters still progress, um, but with this, uh, you get to apply to different jobs that are posted and actually just play Cyberpunk online without having to arrange a regular group. So that's what living communities are all about. Um, we are unambiguously the biggest and we're the best. Uh, you're not going to have to jump through weird hoops. Everyone out there has seen ones where you have to like register with these crazy Discord bots and assign yourself 40 roles and fill out like a lifelong form. Here, uh, it's pretty quick. Get in, you can make a character, get it approved, and play some games, run some games. So we're always looking for more people. You can find us on Discord and on Reddit as Night City Stories. So come check us out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And anybody part of the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord, you'll see we have a West March. Uh, channel that links directly to them. Uh, we're partners. Um, you know, we have channels about all, all kinds of play, whether it's Red or 2020 or even uh, 2077. Um, but the West March, we uh, we promote them. Uh, it's a great server, and like you said, it's easy to get involved. Um, you know, all you guys are really involved with that server, so you don't have to like hit up a bunch of bots and you know automated shit in the process and all that. Whatever, it's real quick and easy. So that's great. Um, yeah, aside from that, hey, what's up? I see Jenny Glitz cha changed the username, made it, yeah, we reminded her, I guess, to change the name. That's great. That's easier for me to pronounce and to remember. Uh, Chuggy, what's up? Hell yeah. So everybody's showing up. That's great. So I guess we can get into uh, this episode. Let me bring up my notes. Uh, but well, before I get into the notes, uh, let me first give a shout out to all my supporters on Patreon. Um, I really appreciate all of you. Uh, you know, you're the reason I constantly put out Crash Course tutorials and series and live streams and gameplay and content and running the website and you know getting other GMs involved and, and creators of assets that you can use for free all kinds of shit we just started up the scream sheet stuff but uh, but it's completely fueled because of my supporters on Patreon and I just want to give them all a shout out Anino from Anino Gaming, Chris Anderson, Steve Barr of Sirenscape which you hear playing right now I uh, love that uh, Jason Weaver, Matt James, who's also uh, GM Reservoir Panda, who streams with Cyberpunk Uncensored. Samurai Mac, Corruption, who's uh, just released that vehicle um, uh, release for Cyberpunk Red. It's on our blog on the website, cyberpunkuncensored.com. Oh, yeah, it's a bunch of vehicles, all the stats. He did this elaborate thing. He's getting ready to do another update, though, because some of the fonts didn't translate uh, with people using Firefox. So uh, he's, on that he's on that shit. He's great. Um, and then Rothen, who uh, plays on my, uh, my monthly ongoing. Uh, Simon Peter, Method, who's part of our team helping out there with the Discord uh, server. Nick Mastrofilippo, and then Dolan Pondsmith, who's one of the Pondsmiths, which is awesome. Uh, she's also an artist, so look her up. She does some great uh, work, and you can check all that out. Sweet. Um, hey, what's up? PWB. Actually, I was just uh, talking about how we're doing the Scream Sheets. PWB, who's also known as Ferris Bueller on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord, is uh, our head writer, and uh, he's handling all the submissions and all that shit. He's awesome. Uh, he's, the, he's basically the driving force behind our Scream Sheets. Uh, you know, we have a team of people. You'll see them. They're all credited on the site. But PWB has been a, a key asset in keeping that, that, that train moving forward. I really appreciate it. So that's great. Um, yeah, and definitely submit. Anybody, uh, Jenny just said I should submit to a Scream Sheet. Yeah, if you get on the Discord, you'll see the submission process also on cyberpunkuncensored.com. You'll see the Scream Sheet page. 
and we have a whole submission process there. We want everyone's stories. GMs, if you have cool little news blurbs, fake ads, whatever, we'll put them in. You can also send us stuff that you want for your upcoming games. We'll put it together with other shit, and you can use them. You know, it's all it's all free for GMs to use. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I, I kind of want to start off um, just you know. We'll, we'll do some back and forth here, but I want to lead it up a little bit, um, and then you can kind of take the lead. You know, we'll just kind of share, you know, like I said, going back and forth. But when it comes to entertainment, obviously we can get into, you know, campaign examples and the details of all that stuff, and we're, go- we're definitely going to get into that conversation. But what I'd love to do is first and foremost just kind of go over the entertainment, you know, what's available within Night City for entertainment for the people. Um, and then we'll kind of break down how that works or what it is, and then maybe the different facets of how you can play that into a game or just creative thoughts about it, you know? Um, so yeah, the first thing is the obvious, which is the McCartney Field Stadium. Uh, it's, you know, in the upper marina, it's the huge stadium where all the big events happen. And as in the Cyberpunk Red Book, uh, it's described as a corporate-sponsored 75,000-seat stadium home to Night City's many local teams. Uh, and then it lists the teams... Uh, Night City Slammers, which is baseball. Night City Rangers, which is football. Uh, Night City Heat, which is basketball. And Night City Death Dealers, which is combat soccer. Uh, that's my favorite one. I, lo- I love the sound of that. It reminds me, um, just a quick quick little story. Uh, when I was younger, I was in middle school, maybe even freshman and going into high school as well. But um, I was living in Florida, and we were big in the music scene, uh, you know, I was in a band and stuff, but we would always go out to concerts and we were all about moshing and stage diving, just getting rowdy as hell at shows, you know, and, but we also, in my neighborhood, we'd go up to the local basketball court and play basketball sometimes, so we created this thing we called mosh ball, and we would br- bring up a stereo system or open the car doors and just blare some music and uh, play basketball where it's like you can never call a foul, so we would just get rowdy as fuck, it was called mosh ball, and it reminds me of combat soccer, uh, in, in a way, you know? Yeah. Combat soccer is really interesting because it's one of the few sports that's called out that is distinctly different from modern day sports. Um, And so combat soccer is touched on um, in 2020. Uh, So the cool thing about combat soccer is that the ball is covered in spikes, your shoes are covered in spikes, and your headgear is covered in spikes. And it even talks about that the Night City Death Dealers has no stars on it because nobody lives long enough to become a star. (laughs) Um, that kind of gives you the idea of like the crazy like hyper future violence that combat soccer is all about um you're you're talking about what it reminds you of it reminds me of blood bowl oh yeah uh, you know the tabletop game like that that's what combat soccer kind of reminds me of there's no limit on augmentations um you can just beat the shit out of one another you're killing people by hitting them with the ball if you kick it hard enough how one kicks a spiked ball i'm not exactly certain um, but that's irrelevant because it's cool as hell. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the uh, combat soccer is, is interesting uh, in its, like, unique setup for, for really making uh, the world of red, like, a, a crazy, grimy, dirty, violent sport rather than just, like, regular sports. I kind of see combat soccer as, like, the people's gladiatorial sport much more than maybe, like, you know, baseball or something like that. It's maybe more corporate. Um that's not necessarily backed up by anything, but that's kind of the vibe that I that I get. Yeah, definitely. It. What are some of the, those movies? The Rollerball original ones and stuff like yeah. just that that combat meeting sport. 
crossover. And, and yeah, I, for, I forgot to say uh, earlier because of the shirt stuff because we were chatting about it in Discord because on the AMA I was wearing my Stank Mouse shirt. Not a Cyberpunk shirt, but I'm back, uh, and, and especially with my Night City shirt. You know, for this oh, episode, so everything's back to normal. Uh, just for anybody that was commenting about that from yesterday, but um, but yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. And it's funny how you mentioned like the the corporate side of that because, to me, what's what I think is what comes to mind first when I read that description in Cyberpunk Red in that book when it starts off saying a corporate sponsored seventy five thousand seat stadium, blah blah blah, um, home to all these teams. The first thing I think about isn't just like you know in today's age like corporate sponsors, banners, and people that are paying to like get free you know advertising out of the crowd it comes with that vibe of corpse in cyberpunk which is always you know corrupt and dirty and you know dangerous so i I just pictured the fact that they started off with that sentence and that it's in cyberpunk i just automatically think like okay some are possibly doing uh, espionage or assault teams on each other for the better advertisement spots or they're like paying off referees for the teams that they want that they're advertising on or something you know you know what i mean it just screams corruption the uh yeah in all and all sorts of that like you're kind of doing a little little segue into a uh, run hooks around the stadium right like there's all because of that corporate corporate ownership um one in cyberpunk uh you're gonna you're gonna be needing these corporations are going to be wanting to get their return on investment somehow. So, right, like the obvious one is they're going to be doing advertising, but like how underhanded can you be? Um, so maybe you're bribing somebody. Maybe your job is uh, you get tickets to a booth, but the, you know, like a, a super high class Lux booth, but your goal is to go plant uh, some listening bugs on the booth next door that's the network or <laughs> booth, right? Like, exactly. Uh, Quincy uh, in the chat uh, asked, did they miss much? You did not. We just really kind of got into the meat of things. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, how much can you, uh, could you help the teams cheat, right? Like there's going to be a benefit for the Night City teams to win for any of the night- people who sponsor those Night City teams. Uh, how dirty can it get? So I, obviously, combat soccer is going to get pretty dirty as far as the entertainment sphere. But then also with that... Um, I think the the McCarthy Stadium is a perfect sentiment for um, medias and rocker boys, uh, because outside of these big sports, that's where they also host um, like big conventions. They host concerts. Um, like if you're a rocker boy and you're in your uh, you know game and you're climbing up there and you get to like rocker boy seven, rocker boy eight, you want to fill a stadium for an event. This is the stadium that you're Oh yeah, you're, you want to be the halftime show to whatever event is going yeah. on, the equivalent, you know, or you're doing like, the, like you said, the tailgate part, their equivalent of a tailgate party, you know, you're in the parking lot doing the big festival, the pre-game event, yeah. you know. Uh, no, I, I love that. And like I said, I, I, I just lo- like the idea that they've gone, and obviously we're going to, you know, there's there's the club level and smaller mm-hmm. level and shit, you know. But I love that they, they incorporated a big, you know, this, the idea of a stadium, the big field of stadium, and it's even m- named after McCartney. Um, I just like like that idea that's been ongoing, obviously. But um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a lot there's a lot there that a GM can work with because at face value, it can be 
entertainment like going to a game, a concert, whatever, and you have some encounters in the crowd or in and out or hassled by security or whatever. It can it can involve a job that maybe one of these corporate sponsors is trying to do, like we mentioned, all the different ways that they're manipulating what's going on to get the edge. Or as a media or rocker boy, whether or not promo- promoting, maybe you're doing a story or cracking a case on one of these corps doing that or one of the refs or something going on behind the scenes. I just think it, it has so much potential. And then also potential for other you know, uh, I don't know, a bigger worldly feel because of the fact that you're dealing with these teams and it's all Night City Slammers, you know, Rangers, Heat, I want to make sure I don't miss one, you know, Death Dealers. And um, I, 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 I feel like it it makes you definitely feel like, like there's an absolute uh, chance to run into teams from New York, San Francisco, or other Chicago. Or, you know, yeah. Exactly. You get the point. So I think like it just I don't know, it makes the world feel bigger when you can do stuff like that because you can still work in Night City, but just bring in some of that element that just reminds you that there's this other world going on while you're stuck in there dealing with the, the craziness of Night City, you know? So yes, I agree completely. There's also um I did a little digging. I found three specific run hooks that you can use that are canon around the sports teams. Um so the first one is uh the Night City Slammers, um, the baseball team. Mm-hmm. Uh if you're describing that baseball team, they apparently have all-star hitting and the abysmal defense. Um, and But they have a star but volatile hitter named Jose Rose. Um, and they, the team uniform looks like convict stripes. So an easy run hook might be um, you edge runners get a call and um, the game is going to start at 7 p.m. and it's noon and nobody can find Jose Rose, their star hitter. Yeah. He's a crazy, volatile dude, and he's out, you know, in somewhere. And it's you have well, four or, hours to dig him up, or uh, involve it in a kidnapping or something. You know, the yeah. opposing team's corporate sponsors put out a, a you know, a, they a, honey potted him at some high scale club and got know? him. He's tied up in a warehouse somewhere, so he misses the game and the other exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that's one of the things I had written down too. Is like to, I wanted to remember mentioning the whole the aspect of kidnapping or missing uh, players or teams and shit like that. That's awesome uh, that you brought that up with specific lore from that, at least from the Slammers. But what else? What was some of the other? Sh- you said there was something else. Oh yeah, um, the other one is um, the football team. So the one thing that they re- mentioned about the Night City Rangers is it's the best team money can buy. So what that means is that. Uh, this is probably red is probably a world where a salary cap doesn't exist you know that just doesn't seem egalitarian uh so uh imagine all these really rich stars brought from all over the world who maybe are selfish or maybe you're getting into crazy stuff um and so you have now have this hook of um what what happens if you have like the 10 highest paid players in football all living in the chaotic world that is night city what kind of stuff can you get up to Maybe you're describing a nightclub and the quarterback of the Night City Rangers rolls up and he's, you know, just rolling with stacks of ebbies, making it rain as he walks into the club. Like, um, that's an easy way you can bring in kind of another cannon hook into your world um, as like a as an influence. Um, Yeah, I I love that idea. And before the chat gets too far along, I do want to mention, I think it was, let me just scroll back up here. I want to say Quincy or somebody mentioned... Yeah, do you reckon there's still Comic-Cons going on? I like that idea. I totally think there there is the equivalent of that um, because just like, you know, there's scavengers and night markets and, you know, the, how, the, how red is, the shit just isn't that available. There's probably going to be, like, that sort of Comic-Con, like, pop culture collector version of, you know, the survival side of scavenging. 
the collector side, but I picture it's not going to be like now, uh, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, tens of thousands of people, you know, taking the streets or whatever, and it's just so packed. It's going to be more of like the people that can afford it because it's even more rare. You're looking at past the fourth, you've already gone up to the fourth corporate war and beyond, and look how shit just was destroyed and... I, I just think like there's less of, of those collectible items, but it's still going to exist. You know, culture is still the way it is. People are still going to want to collect, but I think it's going to move to the upper echelon or whatever. It's going to be that, that top, uh, top yeah, tier I, of people, you know, for, for Comic-Con, I think there's two tiers. Uh, and it's kind of what Rob was touching on. Imagine the high end collector's edition where now you're going antiquing, right? You're not looking for a first edition Superman or whatever. You're looking for a Superman comic, right? Because <laughs> yeah. half, the city, half the cities on the planet got bombed to shit. Yeah. So like, you know, but then along with old collector's media, you're also thinking about new media, right? And that's like what this entire thing is about. So all of the new media, new media productions and something I think we'll go into later is that in the time of red independent producers still have a lot of cachet right like you don't have to be a big broadcaster to have to be successful on a data term i could very easily see comic book artists distributing their stuff on data term as like a patreon or, or you know that kind of subscription pay for their little local comics and you can have that little type of group being successful at a local venue but then you also have like you know Militech death dealers like you know special edition comic you know Militech sponsors the Punisher or whatever as they go in and kill Arasaka goons or some shit like that type of comic book Avengers-esque you know military propaganda whatever um, both of those things I think exist in parallel and could be an interesting setting at a comic con in Night City um, one of the other things I want to touch on really quick is um Everready said, I don't remember what uh, Lobster Falcon's level of excitement was for the roller derby stuff that took over. Oh, one, uh, I love roller derby. Roller derby is one of my very favorite sports to watch. Uh, women committing violence is super hot. And um, <laughs> the um, roller, I think roller derby in Night City uh, is has a high potential. Roller derby is has always existed, at least in modern era, as a like a, a very alternative sport in terms of attracting kind of the punk the rock um it's as obviously a high concentration of you know lgbtq people um and it's very independent in that sense and i think in a punk setting roller derby makes a ton of sense um the the other cool thing about roller derby that i think you can incorporate in a cyberpunk setting is combat derby one yeah make it combat (laughs) right make it violent um, As if it's not already violent, let's just say, yeah. you know, it's already like they're they're slamming each other and whatever. But go on, sorry. But yeah, but I mean, think about instead of roller skates, you've got cyber legs with the skate augmentation. Yeah, now yeah. you're blasting around at light speed inside of this arena and, you know, things are blown up and they've got holograms projected across the field. Maybe this roller derby field has like, you know, pop up bunkers in the middle of the <laughs> ground. You have to get around like um, you can do all sorts <laughs> You can do all sorts of stuff. Sorry, I just read Jenny's comment. I'm ready to be gay. Uh, yes, that is a common <laughs> refrain uh, within the roller derby leagues, but it's a uh, quite fun. That's fun. Uh, yeah, so I think sports have just a huge realm, uh, a, a huge opportunity to be high levels of entertainment at, because they have been throughout all of human history. And even right. in dystopian time of red, people are going to look for distractions. Sports are an easy one. People are tribal and like following teams. And so in your campaign, how you want to incorporate sports, think about the two levels, right? Think about 
the high big level of what's going on at the stadium you know the night city slammers and how you can play that high level and then think about the low level the local the roller derby teams the the backyard wrestling matches where dudes are throwing people onto beds of tax or something for this little data term crazy video you know um there's even a a, a mention in uh, 2020 about the street football leagues um, which are like hyper violent. They're ga mostly gang run. They go into like streets in the combat zone, like block off a parking lot or a street, and then like play, you know, dangerous, violent, chromed up football in the middle of the street surrounded by a bunch of gangs and stuff. And that's actually where a lot of like the football stars uh, will emerge from. They'll be recruited out of these gang leagues. Um, so, like, that's a, a cool option to build into as well. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, and then the. You know, the idea also to, to think of, you know, if you're going to incorporate sports into your campaign, any GM, don't forget to make it cyberpunk the same way we were joking about combat derby or whatever. You can always change up the playing field or the way they play or how the teams work or whatever and modernize it, make it a little more dangerous, a little crazier, just so it's more entertaining to talk about and to drop into your game and it feels like things are cyberpunk you know it's not just a normal game of whatever sport you know what i mean um and i, I love that you mentioned uh, wrestling uh the backyard wrestling stuff because uh I, I had in my notes here i wanted to mention uh, a nino from a nino gaming who plays with wandering dm uh, one of my supporters on patreon as well uh, he plays a rocker boy that's a wrestler yes. um, i don't know if anyone has watched their stream but he came over and uh, did a crossover with one of ours uh, going to the meat market and i want to bring that up in a moment to have a couple example campaigns once we get further further along into the smaller levels and different ways of entertainment. But, um, but yeah, he plays a wrestler, and I thought that was just a, another thing I wanted to mention as far as entertainment. Don't forget, you know, all sports and alternative ones as well, um, that w whether as big as, you know, WWE style, like huge, maybe you see it in the arena, or like uh, you said, uh, like Lobster said, uh, you know, some backyard wrestling. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, Rob was saying, you know, spice up a sport to make it more cyberpunk, right? And so the the I think the theme of all cyberpunk that I like to run is cinematic but gritty, um, right? So you know you don't want to be simulationist but gritty, but you want to amp everything up a notch, you know, brighten this, turn up the saturation a little bit. And actually, in a roller derby league that I used to go watch in Austin, Texas, which is Bank Track, Bank Track is way better. Um, the uh, whenever you got a penalty they actually rolled spun a giant wheel of penalties um like a wheel of fortune thing and then when it landed on it it was various stuff so some of them were like tug of war where you were doing tug of war on roller skates and whoever won the tug of war <laughs> won um another one was pillow fights except for the pillow fights was the girls would wrap the pillow around their fist and punch each other for 30 seconds <laughs> um, nice. like those are the type of like crazy crazy ways that even just in real life they did it specifically to make it more entertaining for the crowd but that's the type of uh thing you should think of for your inspiration yeah and i see quincy says combat derby uh could be trigger box of scav smuggling athletes chrome as well as uncut unfiltered XP. oh yeah yeah that's that's another thing um Imagine, you know, high-end athletes, um, maybe nights, uh, you know, Network 54 has paid them a lot of money to get a Braindance recorder installed to be in the game so you could, you know, uh, sell Braindances of, you know, this winning touchdown drive or whatever, like as you could, you know, do the Braindance inside of the athlete. That's pretty cool um, and very, very cyberpunk. Let me see. 
see a lot of money in that chrome. I think that's a great way to shorten your lifespan as a scab. <laughs> yeah, it could come back to bite you in the ass, you know. But that's everything in cyberpunk. You know, you got to live dangerous. It's, you know, high risk, big reward, right, sometimes. But, um, but yeah, aside from Arena, I think, you know, you, you mentioned on some of the smaller level stuff. I wanted to remind people, you know, you got the big arena level things and think of all, all forms of entertainment, not just sport, but, you know, performers, spoken word stuff, uh, maybe a political gathering or, uh, you know, a corporate, big corporate uh, uh, release party or something. Like, you think of anything that goes on arena um, and then think of ways to kind of make it cyberpunk, you know, make it dangerous, make it gritty, make, put, put a little danger in there, something twisted or a plot twist to it, you know, modernize it. Um, but, then you go down, there's there's a whole level of, you know, clubs and bars and such and, and you know, the same performers that you're going to see at the arenas, uh, the same sports, the same things you can kind of translate on a smaller level, like you said, starting up, starting out at the smaller bars and clubs or in the streets and, uh, and it, it, you know, anything goes. I, I feel like, you know, you're going to see any types of music performers, even like I said, the wrestlers, um, and the same types of gatherings, you know, there's, there's going to be all kinds of entertainment. Uh, just like in this day and age, even, you know, uh, about mitzvahs and, uh, you know, uh, uh, quinceaneros and all kinds of stuff. You know, you're, you're going to see, uh, you know, there's university there. Maybe there's holiday gatherings for all the students and, you know, any type of entertainment thing you can think of can be there. But just remember that it can go on different levels. You know, there's the, the, the big uh, stadium, but then the smaller club and bar circuit. Um, and one in particular, like they mentioned, um, which is directly involved with entertainment and probably one of the only ones that has that kind of listed in the cyberpunk red, because um, there's not a lot to dive into that that side of it other than the mentioning in the arena, all the different sports teams, is the Slammer. I've used it in one of my campaigns with our Fixer Kid, uh, who recently kind of took it over from an owner uh, when he was running his fights there. But as the description, it's a popular ganger bar on the South Side docks. It's in South Night City, um, if anyone's not familiar. But it's known for its cinder block arena where boosters from all across the combat zones come to settle disputes with heavy firepower and bloody rippers. Um, so it's, you know, like going to, going to see the local fights, you know, but the backyard and not, you know, it's like that backyard wrestling or whatever. But it's like, you know, maybe maybe to death or maybe maybe at least to mortally wounded. Uh, but that's one of the spots that mentions it. And that's like on that club level, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I found um, I found five cannon bars. Um, if we wanted to move to bars, and anyone have any other questions on sports and stuff? Um, and they can always and keep in mind anybody in chat. Uh, you know, I'm scrolling in and, and checking on the chat. Same as uh, Lobster Falcons doing. I'm sure you know. As we move on, if you do have a, a, something to mention on whatever subject we already covered, we have no problem backtracking or dropping it in or reiterating something. It's it's fine. So. Um, yeah, games on the NCU campus. Yep, and I, I mentioned the university. I could, you know, there's going to be that level. And yeah, think of that too on the arena with the, the the big sports coming from other cities and whatever. Maybe other universities. Maybe there's like some, you know, an auditorium or a small, a mini arena or a little field on the side of the uh, university there. Obviously I, heavily actually, secured. Yeah, I, I'd actually argue in a home game that I was running, I would say that college sports have died only because it's much more dystopian recruiting a 17 year old kid to go play in the big leagues um, <laughs> and uh, even though the NCAA is uh, massively dystopian and a horrific enterprise to begin with but um, the with like how crazy Night City is and with travel and with the destruction of so many cities um, 
the I, I would generally argue that um, college sports are probably located to inner city intermural you know mm-hmm. um, like there's only one college in Night City Night City is a pretty big right. city that yeah, implies yeah. that there's like significantly fewer college sports oh, and, available. and yeah in the description even on night city uh ncu they even talk about the heavy security because it's constantly bombarded by booster gangers in the past and yeah. things so you know yeah it's 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 most it's probably going to be you know like one university per city or like you said some uh some key locations that are funded and maybe limited sports maybe not everything across the board but something that represents or something i don't know but I, but I can see that just like coming from the streets, uh, the big arenas pulling from both. But I like your idea too, you know, uh, and it's obviously jam discretion. You don't want certain sports in your game and you want to make it uh, dysto- It feels more dystopian to have to play it a certain way. By all means, go for that. Um, and then uh, Ever Ready, before the chat goes too far, I did want to mention they said, uh, how big do you think dining is, consider- is considering good food scarcity? And I think... It's it's prevalent. It's there. Look in the book that it mentions restaurants and diners and things, and um, it's going to be there. People have to eat. There's all different levels, whether it's good pre-packed, you know, down to kibble or, or real food. You know, uh, it's what you can afford, but it's there, and it's. I think it's even probably more of a of an entertainment or I don't know, maybe a luxury or something than in the past, like going from 2020 to red because of that scarcity, uh, the affordability, uh, you getting real food, that's a big treat. You know, that it even talks about in the economy section about, uh, you know, if you're fitting within a certain budget, like, all right, cool, you're doing kibble, you're doing pre-pack, or you're doing this, but you can afford to at least go out to a restaurant like once a month and enjoy yourself and, you know, so it's under, that's a form of entertainment. It happens. What do you think about that, the dining and restaurants? I, th- I think food is such a universal experience um, and sharing meals is such a is, is such a very human form of um, both entertainment and relationship building that has gone on since the dawn of time um, that I don't think that we would lose dining even in a um, food scarce environment. What I think happens is that on the lower socioeconomic end, what you're going to get um, is you're going to get things like weird food carts and stuff like that you know selling you're gonna in combat zones you're gonna get rat on a stick or you're gonna get somebody who's taken kibble wetted it down and formed it into a popsicle or some shit right like you're, looking, you're gonna get, i was gonna say pwb in chat even says you actually know what the meat in the <laughs> loaf is you know like along those lines like you said it's probably like remod you know remolded kibble with this extra yeah. garlic flavoring and like yeah yeah that's that's our yeah. meatloaf our kibble loaf or you know yeah <laughs> Or whatever, but um, as you start climbing the socioeconomic ranks, um, then you're going to you're going to start getting back to kind of casual dining as we knew it pre-COVID pandemic, right? Like, you know, people just going out to eat or going out to bars or whatever in the non-combat zone areas. When you're into like the um, into the you know industrial zones and into the um, you know the dense areas up to like the Glen and things like that. Um, so think think about like everybody everybody is going to share meals that's just a human condition it's just going to be the venue and the scale and the quality that's going to vary exactly. with the low level is definitely going to be more like families doing it or a person running a small independent business with whatever they can scrap together um so yeah 100 percent agree yeah so but it's it's definitely just to you know 
you're right there in the chat. I forget which who who posted that, but it is. It's it's a form of entertainment. And there's a couple things I want to mention because we were talking about you know like the backyard wrestling, uh, roller derby, and you know I mentioned uh, we'll make it like combat derby or changing things. There's a couple other little sports things on my notes. I wanted to mention some things that I've incorporated into games in the, in my past. Um, ideas that I'm kind of working into possible future campaigns and things and in and, and recent times. But like think of like a possible nomad death race. So maybe there's like some city to city traveling or across Badlands, some course plotted out where it's just totally combat racing and it's maybe nomad driven with like some prizes and things and nomad families get together to compete. You know, and there can be other things like Thunderdome-esque style you know, competition and battle things going on during this maybe festival or this yearly nomad family gathering, or maybe it's just something that's always going out over past the the local nomad camp. They just constantly have that track and they're always doing death races and shit. Um, But I thought of that. And uh, battle bots or battle drones. Like, I mean, hell, we've done that since the 90s here. I remember that show on like, I think it was Comedy Central or something, right? Spike TV. Spike, yeah, yeah. I was watching BattleBots replays last night. <laughs> Perfect. Hell yeah. So, like, can't you totally picture maybe, like, Battle Drones or something, you know? And, like, corporations' top techs come in and, you know, or Netrunners, and they're in there, like, fucking controlling drones that are battling. And, like, I don't know. I could totally see that. And even bringing in weird, like, okay, now it's, like, the antique worker bots that used to do the old construction sites. And, like, they come in and battle. And it's, like, those old school boxer robot game you know what i mean like there's all different kinds of but i but i picture like battle bots battle drones and it can be a very tech or net runner driven campaign i can see it being kind of fun um the other thing i wanted to mention with entertainment uh and let's not forget the body lotto yes that's a form uh, of entertainment you know it's betting let's not forget about betting which inv- which is any of these sports or entertainment or things you know but body yeah. lotto for those who don't uh, don't know Body Lotto, uh, Body Lotto is basically every night six winning numbers are chosen depending on how many corpses are found in areas of Night City. The numbers of the Body Lotto are taken from six random districts within the Night City Greater Metro. Um, the numbers are derived from the locations where the cadavers are found, not necessarily where they were murdered. All right, so. The fact that there are specific rules about this means that somebody has found a bunch of dead bodies and moved them <laughs> to another district to influence the rules before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that plays right into, like I was saying, in all of these, you know, make it cyberpunk. And there's a prime example, no matter what it is, even on the body level, lotto, there's ways that corruption takes over to win or do betting or things, you know? Was that I recently looked into cyber... The, uh, Cyberdeck lore, and it turns out you can send your feed up to flat screen speakers or share it over trode cables. I wonder if there are Netrunner sports. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Just like, you know, video game, like eSports. Look how popular that's, you know, more uh, than regular sports, you know, especially quarantine, but even prior to that, there were certain games that were drawing more viewers. So I could see that being huge, you know, even though there's the internet's different in red. Um, you know, data pools, maybe televised or like stream sheets, uh, digital videos that are put out about it that are instantly put on all the different uh, data ports and things. Uh, I actually have a big spiel on digital entertainment. I want to get to one thing before I move over to that, though, um, which is um, another entertainment aspect, especially if you want to use stadiums at either high level or like amphitheater or whatever at a low level, uh, is the cyberpunk carnival. Right, so think about a carnival or a circus set in the time of red. Um, the 
the idea of what you could do to amp it up and be cyberpunk. Imagine Biotechnica sponsored tamed lions that are like 14 feet tall, right? Like, um, or a guy who can spit fire, but he actually spits fire because he has right. a flame planted in his throat, right? Like, um, or acrobats with like extendo arms, you know, you can do all this like weird, sick cyberpunk stuff, um, inside the aspect of a carnival and, and make it weird and strange. Um, a freak show, but it's just people with augmentation that look like different animals. And they're like, what, this is normal. Like <laughs> it's like not even a freak show. It's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that I had for that was, uh, it imagined that you had to go undercover in a carnival to find the undercover bozo. Um, so a bozo has infiltrated the carnival, and they're uh, you now is you're now trying to get in there to uh, uncover whatever plot that they've done. But everybody looks like clowns, so how do you find them? Uh, oh yeah, nice. Yeah, and PWB says, "How about betting?" Yeah, I mentioned that before. Any of these things, uh, if it's in cyberpunk, if it's a form of entertainment, you can most definitely uh, uh, find people betting on it in one way or another on, on all levels. You know, the people in the the small bars or back alleys all the way up to corporations playing, uh, you know, placing professional bets through top-level fixers and such. Uh, I could totally imagine that, but betting is involved with all of that. And with that comes all the different ways that it could be corrupt. You know, don't forget, like I mentioned earlier, the corruption and paranoia and danger is a huge part of cyberpunk, and you want to have that involved within any form of entertainment. If you can, don't overdo it, obviously, to where it feels contri contrived or everything is fucked up and nobody wants to go or do anything, you know. But uh, but inside betting, corporate uh, sponsors, murder, kidnapping, we touched base on. But all that, you know, think of all the different ways that betting can be manipulated. Uh, and I've done uh, 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 different – well, I'll, I'll get into the ways that I've incorporated some of that into campaigns. I'd rather go back to uh, – I just want to name a couple other uh, uh, forms of entertainment. Uh, going from when I mentioned Body Lotto, don't forget strip clubs and topless bars. Um, I had those in a recent – a campaign and that's always fun you can come up with crazy names i forget i uh one was like uh tits with slits blokes with scrotes uh you know jacks with sacks their competitors was blokes with scrotes um but yeah strip clubs topless bars and that can you know involve like borgs and drones and weird shit you know like things are people are in all kinds of stuff holograms you know like make it cyberpunk um and brain dance both legal and illegal can involve that. What were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, see, on, uh, there was a run on Night City Stories that had a strip club called The Cat's Meow, but all it was was cat boys. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, awesome. Uh, on, um, yeah. There, so, like, we're, we're, we've moved a little bit from, you know, like, sports as entertainment, uh, and now we're talking about, like, consumptive entertainment in terms of, um, you know, bra uh, brothels, strip clubs, dining, um, all of that type of stuff. Um, so there's the, the, my number one thing with all these is obviously I think this is an important part of representing like a gritty cyberpunk future, but like, as always make sure that your players, you are operating on the same wavelength as your players when it comes to integrating sexual activity into your run, you know, into your games, um, know what they're cool with, what you're cool with, have your lines, have your veils, um, within those veils you can tell a lot of stories regardless of what how graphic you're trying to tell right um important things i think in like the you know storytelling of brothels and strip clubs is one i think they make just like cool settings for like you know the yakuza dude draped up at the bar right like um or the uh the type of place where you're going to get information that's very topical um but 
the but what about the people that are at those things like a lot of the times in modern era and i would especially expect in type of cyberpunk red like those people probably don't want to be there um so or maybe they do maybe that's the most profitable thing they found that's actually the safest they have a bunch of people with guns surrounding them keeping them safe and this is the best bet this was better than hooking on the street right like right. um think about well, the see, stories with those people yeah i have a, a whole campaign i built around what i was calling the meat market and they were following a trail where one of the players was uh, trying to find a missing friend's family and such but it led to uh, people being forced to do this fight club for kid that fixer and things and other ones around night city um got him out of there found out there is this meat market where they're selling people human trafficking for different things uh, his wife got sent to this back uh, alley brothel that was actually owned by David Ling Poe, part of the triads and shit. But um, w when uh, when you got there, you realize then, then you find out where the meat market was. So rescued her and it trailed off. And there, you know, I, I lightly dabbled in this. I didn't get into graphic descriptions about all that. So just keep that in mind too, GMs. You know, you know where your lines and veils and where your limits are with your players. Hopefully, hopefully you had a really good session zero. If you need help with knowing how to do that i have a crash course in the gm tips on the cyberpunk uncensored youtube channel about session zeros and stuff but um but yeah you, uh one way just to get by that is you know mention it but just don't graphically get into things that are touchy spend that time with the other role playing the conversations as things that are leading within plot um and just if things are a little little touchy uh, you know make sure the players are okay okay with it prior or just don't get into those descriptions uh you know in in deep description but um but yeah it led to this meat market this Thing. That's actually the one where Jimenez, the um, wrestler from Wandering DM, came and joined us. He went out to the meat market. He was actually trying to rescue someone from there as well, and they met up and helped each other kind of pull it off. Um, but that involved a whole, uh, uh, you know, form of entertainment that was on the black market involving people, um, which was very dark and human trafficking style uh, of, uh, of uh, plot hooks and, and things. So you can see how quickly things can get dark. Um, and how you can make them cyberpunk, but you want to make sure that, like, you know, like we said, you, you kind of go over stuff like that in a session zero and make sure everybody is cool with it. Um, but I've, you know, absolutely incorporated that into campaigns. Um, and then I, I did one as well, uh, since we we're talking about, like, extracting people, um, where it was on my monthly one-shot, Save the Rocker Boy, and that's how I brought the Rocker Boy into the team, actually was that they had to go and get this guy out because the corporation he worked for was trying to assassinate him because it was good for publicity and good for sales, you know? Um, so they took him over and they were going there to extract him. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that entertainment can kind of be the leading plot or at least, uh, I don't know, the driving environment that your plot is taking place in, uh, in cyberpunk. It's, you know, it can be very rich. I have a, I have a very uh, dystopian cyberpunk uh, thing that I made for a Shadowrun campaign and never got to use, but I'm probably going to drop it into the cyberpunk campaign um, that was, it was called the meat market, unaffectionately. Um, but basically the concept was a horrific critique of capitalism in which uh, rich people could put up open offers in a marketplace to harm other people and other people like would line up and accept those offers in exchange for medical care. So let's say some sicko wanted to break a young woman's arm. He could put up a thing for 900 eddies and somebody would sign up and they could bid down or bid lower or whatever um, to, for him to get the permission to go do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and very much like a, the, the argument that you make to the players about like this is, oh, it's completely ethical. Everybody's signing up for it. Um, 
you know, it's it's a completely opt-in. This is normal, even though you know in your gut this is wrong. It's uh, and it's because the situation has forced people to make the choice to sacrifice their bodies for other people's entertainment. Um, but you can use that as the the very cyberpunk critique of look when the universe has you know when the when the universe and the world has put you in this position even though somebody's telling you it's your free will it's really not right um and that was going to be a setting basically around a uh young kid who has signed up to be essentially beaten to death in exchange to pay for his sister's release from this but the runners had just broken her out so now it's a race against the clock to get him before he before he gets to the room where he's already paid this contract uh, been paid to to um, you know allow this guy to kill him um, <laughs> so very much yes and uh, Quincy it, it's I actually have watched Altered Carbon after thinking of this but all it did was add to it the very much disposability of life and the um, and the opt-in nature where yes you choose this life but not really you're all of the pressures of trying to live um are forcing this debasement of the human form and the human life upon you. Yeah, I did something similar to that with uh, Brain Dance, and it, I got the idea from uh, that movie. Um, I think, what was it, Strange Days, or uh, I'm forgetting the name of it. I can probably look it up real quick, but where, uh, you know, the killer was uh, selling his, um, you know, Brain Dance files of, of killing people, but this was voluntary uh, in the same manner like you were describing yeah strange days um i had it right okay um but yeah same manner but it was brain dance and that's one thing i i mentioned a moment ago uh, that it's a form of entertainment you know i picture like brain dance arcades um but again don't forget that you can always cyberpunk it up you know there's maybe the the public brain dance arcades and files that you can get at the local whatever's and you know it's like video games and things that are pg rated up to x or whatever but there's also the illegal market where maybe it's stuff like what you were, what Lobster was just describing, you know, where it's people getting hurt or doing, you know, fucked up stuff, whether they agree to or not. Maybe there's some forms where where they do agree, and it's that that desperation that drives them to that because of how the economy is, um, especially in time of red. Or maybe it's more leaning on that meat market side where some maybe it's not so voluntary, and that's all up to jams. But you can kind of see here, you know, jams. Everybody watching, you can see how, wow, when it comes to entertainment. It's, it's, it's extremely dynamic and there's just such diversity and the spectrum goes wide depending on how you want to play it. And it's almost like every form of entertainment has all those options within it almost. You know what I mean? Of how you can play it out. Cool. Um, I think the, the next thing, which is a big category, is going to be like the traditional digital entertainment that exists within the time of Red. Yeah, before, uh, before oh, we ahead. get into that, yeah, I want to mention one other. Uh, you know, I have another... Uh, I was kind of playing off the brain dance, the, the body yep. lotto, battle bots, battle drones, that nomad death race sort of vibe of danger. I also picture, you know, different forms of like Russian roulette, <laughs> you know, like picture the movie Deer Hunter, that, that old classic, you know, where they're like um, uh, can't escape the Vietnam War in their heads and shit. And the one friend goes back to find the friend and he's playing Russian roulette and he's back rooms with all these businessmen sweating and smoking cigarettes and throwing money on tables and yelling and like you know like on and betting on it and i can totally picture things like that and and think of ways that you can again cyberpunk that up like maybe it it's not russian roulette but maybe it's involving uh you know air hypos with different biotoxins and which one is not gonna be able to resist 
you know, the, the effects, or maybe it's like a net run and who can not burn out or get that, that seizure going on in nosebleeds or like think of creative ways to make that Russian roulette more cyberpunk, you know? How about a Netrunner Russian roulette where you're crossing the crossing the Great Wall and it's how oh, yeah, you, I like, I like you stay it. on the other side of the Great yeah, Wall. Can, can I run it's ten nut runners enter and the last one to leave wins. Uh, yeah, uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> like they found some you know system that actually has like a broken part, an access point or something to yeah. the old internet, you know. And and through that they've mapped out another broken system, but it's like it's going to take so many minutes to get across. And there's rabbits and things and black ice and all kinds of shit that can mess you up along the way. I like that idea. That's fun. It's like a Netrunner version. You could also make it game style. Like imagine like it being like some some pirate, not pirate radio, but pirate vid- video or televised thing where it's almost like got that running man vibe to it, you know? But of Netrunners trying to like do the running man through the, the old net. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I was talking about with some folks the other day in terms of like exclusively cyberpunk entertainment um was the idea of uh combat zone hood olympics um and the idea of like a gang you know like a gang leader gets together to be like who are the best at crime um i like that it's not just you know shooting people uh but like i had one where um they took over an old bank in the old banking zone rebuilt it like it was completely working like it's still screwed up but like restaffed it and then basically had different gangs hit to the bank for time um to like who could rob a bank fastest or like um a like a hustle a hustle one where they gave um whoever signed up 50 fake watches and whoever sold the most fake watches in an hour in different parts of like upscale parts of the city won Uh, i like that creative ways to kind of pull that off yeah, and I wanted to mention too uh, when I mentioned the the Running Man, uh, GM Jack, who streams uh, for Cyberpunk Uncensored. You can see his uh, recent stream that went VOD uh, on the YouTube channel. He did uh, a one shot called The Dying Man, where he just had two players. They were both solos, and he put them through this game show that was like hosted by this crazy guy, and it was just like Running Man, but Dying Man, but you know, kind of played out as a one shot. So he did that. Um, the other thing too, uh, and this is before we get on to like you know different media style entertainment stuff, is um, I wanted to mention great for rocker boys all time types, but battles of the bands, and you know think of that literally as well. Like it can be just like uh, combat soccer or um, combat derby and shit like that. You can think of maybe there's battle of the bands with performing, you know, and it's like competing uh for performance roles and such like that you know or corporate sponsored competitions and there's potential for corruption betting all that sort of stuff but also think about making that battle of the bands like a literal battle that could be a lot of fun <laughs> be, uh, uh, a run on ncs uh by gm some hippies shout out he's not watching but i'll make him watch the vod later nice. um <laughs> he did a battle of the bands where at the beginning of the battle of the bands um a group of uh a group of literal like warhammer fantasy dwarves with giant mohawks and axes first attacked the bands um while the battle of the bands was going on and the two guitarists were hooked up and as fans cheered for one or the other the other one started being electrocuted to death based on (laughs) um and so the uh if you were rocking out harder than the other guy the other guy started getting electrocuted to death because you were like revving up the crowd um and vice versa and uh they actually competed until one of the uh i think it was until one of them blacked out but it might have been died 
Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Be like cyberpunk battle of the bands type yeah. rocker battle. And uh, yeah, and okay, so let's let's move on to like digital stuff. I'm going to mention what's in Cyberpunk Red and that that Network 54, obviously, um, when it comes to like you know media entertainment style stuff. But I do want to remind chat, by all means, if there's something you want to mention, whether it be sports or violence or any of the things we've already covered, something came to mind, put it out there. We have no problem bouncing around subjects. We're here to talk about all kinds of entertainment in Night City. Um, we are trying to keep it organized or talk about it in sections, but man, as things come to your mind, we want to talk about it, put it up in chat. The more, the better. The more ideas, the better. This is all about helping GMs and players, you know, just have more lore and more shit to think about and work with in their game, you know. So the more, the better. But moving on, I, I did want to mention, uh, you know, with digital media and stuff, obviously the number one and the thing listed in Cyberpunk Red is Network 54, N54, and they have... Uh, you know, uh, a list there in the sidebar, which I think is pretty cool of uh, like at any given moment, you'll see, you know, these typical shows and it talks about cooking with kibble, you know, in different ways that they're working with kibble. I think it's even a, a, con a competition or something. Then yep. there's the Elflins Online Chronicles, which sounds like it's a net runner that gets sucked into like D&D &D realm, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then there's the Hot Zone Divers, um, which I guess they said it isn't really nomads or really scavenging in the hot zone it's more treated like it's probably like how reality tv is now like it's not really reality it's all fucking scripted you know um so it's it's it probably i get that vibe there and then la passion uh dorada so it's like their telenovela their equivalent but the thing i want to mention in net 54 and i think you mentioned it lobster you kind of lightly talked about i think when we talk about sports and independent um, I don't know, earlier in, in this episode you mentioned, but it reminds me of Net54 in that description when they talk about how, yeah, there's these like more popular uh, international broadcasts and shows that are loved by everyone, but there's also like regional shows. And I picture that's, you know, just like in real life, they're appealing to different demographics and markets and such and maybe different sponsors. And again, like just like all entertainment, you can think of different ways that that can be corrupt corporations people fighting for the best ad space the best viewership all that sort of stuff comes into play when i think of stuff like that um but yeah I'll let, uh, before i run at the mouth for half an hour about net 54 you know and digital entertainment you take the mic because uh, i know you were you had some thoughts about all that too yeah so with the big thing is like with digital entertainment there's a, there's like a couple of tiers to think about the same way with entertainment sports so network 54 is the top that's the big one that's the most you know corporate approved media right now, not talked about in the Red Core book, but talked about pretty extensively in the 2020 book, is Diverse Media Systems, who's Network 54's primary competitor. And they're interesting because Network 54 is like straight edge, right? They're very much like pure corporate. They're going to be like running your regional news shows and your standard blockbuster TV and all that kind of stuff. But Diverse Media Systems, DMS, um, they created and distributed the first brain dances. They're like running with the super popular stuff like that's that's uh really mid-tier that's still very cool and underground so you have two canon uh, media corporations that are constantly at one another's throats it says that they're uh they fight uh just as much if not worse than arasak and militech so think about like how bloody that is um as as competing media empires within the same space oh yeah and it, they i think someone in there said a guy oh it's jenny i hope they still exist and yeah th there's no there's not a lot of mention of n54 competition and things 
But just like in all of it, it says incorporate your own neocorps and things, which I have done. That's where our IMG, uh, the indie media group I created for our one shot came from. And that's actually the company we're putting out the scream sheets under. So when you get our scream sheets that we're uh, uh, putting out, it, it's actually by IMG uh, from the edge. Um, but yeah, I'm sure as things expand, we'll get more and more lore, more books are going to be coming out. But but yeah, go on. Sorry about that. I want oh, to interject that. Jenny, I think it's safe to say that DMS still exists because it is technically on the cover of the core book. If you look, they have a sign that says DMS, Diverse Media Systems. Oh, perfect. Um, so it's in the background. Um, but that would be... Uh, oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Real small and yellow back there. Yeah, that's actually, if you see that stylistically, that's where NCS got the inspiration for their logo. Um, nice. But that's, um, yeah. The, I'm reporting you to the trademark police. That's bullshit, dude. How, how dare you? No, <laughs> Um, look, we're punk like that. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, um, yeah, but so, you know, at least there's a hint that maybe they exist, but, um, I think that's pretty cool. So you can look at, you know, look at those oh, yeah. two as competing media empires. If you want stories about, um, stories about being a media or an agent, like the whole thing is that, you know, a lot of punk stories with media are about selling out, but just as important as selling out is who you sell out to. Right. Uh, so if you have somebody who's selling out to a big media corporation, maybe it's N54 and DMS both competing, right? To like, to get, you know, to get this person to sell out, or maybe they're both trying to sponsor this new up and coming, you know, rocker boy or idol or whatever. Um, maybe they're competing for, uh, your media has this film of, uh, you know, this, whatever, some cool event going down and now you're trying to sell it you know, get a bidding war between these two media empires on who gets to buy it. Um, all those are, are good reasons to, in your campaign, I think, to have two mega conglomerates that both are fighting one another because it gives, um, when, whenever two parties have a contest, it makes it really interesting for the third party on how you interact with that rather than just directly confronting one. Um, so adds a little, you know, leverage there. Oh, yeah. uh, no cause for conflict right there direct, you know? Um, yeah, and there's lots of ways that, that you can play that, you know, by putting that competition there. You know, it puts a lot of tension there. But what is, uh, I want to make sure we don't miss some of these comments. I see there's one highlighted here. Direct to me. <laughs> what would be wicked is a WandaVision kind of situation, a town bought out by a corp or a gang uh, to live and stream a sitcom. And they can leave, and they can't leave unless the production says they can, or the opposite, getting kicked out if they don't bring enough audience and/or advertisement revenue. Yeah, anything you can think of with entertainment, that definitely makes it cyberpunk. You know, like the whole forced situation and all that. Um, that's funny. Uh, a lot of the competition shows out here kind of run that way here in LA. You know, when you get on these not reality shows, but like competitions and whatever. I had a friend that was doing that face-off. Uh, thing where they do the special effects and like he was in there for months and they they you can't take your cell phone you can't get online you can't talk to anybody for months and uh until it's done because they don't want to give away who won or what's going on uh till it streams because of sponsors and they want people tuning in to the actual show you know um but yeah and the other thing uh you know kind of uh uh springboarding off of what lobster falcon was saying about um, you know, the competition and trying to break a story, um, to me, like that digital form of entertainment, like, yeah, it's the entertainment side, but it's on that news side where like, is the power. Um, I did a, a, a breakdown. Um, I don't know if it was the, the media breakdown with James Hutt. Um, 
I don't know if that's where I where we talked about that. It might have been somewhere else, but um, oh, it's, I think when uh, we did a media breakdown before the book came out and before all that, uh, you'd have to like scroll in our old videos. Um, it was like a, a cool little reveal about media before Cyberpunk Red came out, and he talked about how yeah, media is set up in such a way where it's like. Um, you know, you might be going on these sessions and doing these things and breaking these cases or evidence or doing stuff with your team and you're, you're winning these battles, but the media has the potential to actually win the war. Like the power behind like a, a, a high-ranked media and working with some of these entertainment outlets can instantly get story out. And if the credibility is there and you can actually, you know, have people believing it, like you can, you can bring down a top-level corporation. You can help shift the balance of some sponsorship money in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Um, you can really, you know, get involved with some big world-building uh, manipulation there if you're, you know, when you're a media and, and if you're tactful, if you're that type of creative player. Um, when it comes to creative players, well, before I get into creative players and stuff, um, was there anything you wanted to interject about that? Let's keep talking about the digital media stuff. Yeah, um, a couple of the other things I think to, that is a little bit neglected is the most important venue for entertainment for the average person in, in Night City is going to be your agent. Um, and so the your agent i'm talking about like the cell phone-esque device right but don't think about that as like your all-in-one entertainment device um and think about how media is going to be shared consumed or distributed via agent um because with that you're signing up to stuff in the data pool you're tuning into you know different sat feeds you're watching network programming you're consuming pop media music podcasts video scream sheets all of that is going to primarily be viewed through your agent. Um, so think about how how important an agent is to people um, and what format that media is going to be in when it, it happens in the right spot. Uh, or, sorry, yeah, something like that. Think about how important your agent is contextually for um, individuals and your runners um, and what media consumption means. Because with this in mind, like, especially think about the lifestyle of average people, they probably don't have a TV, right? But they might have an agent. So think about like phone games or agent games are probably super popular. They're a huge niche of entertainment consumption. Um, you know, short videos, the whatever the Night City equivalent of, of TikTok is, uh, you know, or like really short, you know, viral-esque content because so many independent players are competing. Um, you have Some... the like, Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say like a scavenger geo hunt sort of thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I could imagine, uh, you know, the the whatever Night City TikTok channel of look what I found, and it's just dude opening dumpsters in the combat zone and like showing you what's inside, <laughs> yeah. like thirty second clips of dudes opening weird dumpsters, right? Like, right. Uh, but then you also have like you know curated Martha Stewart vineyards of like somebody in the fancy corporate zone showing you how to grow petunias, uh, like so you can think about. Um, when you have independent like when you have broadcast and corporate power you're gonna have like shows in blocks right you're gonna think about like they'll have a couple of specific shows they're not gonna intentionally compete with one another they'll maybe have some like themed groups but then also at the at the lower level with all these independent people they're gonna be ruthlessly competing head-to-head -head for the exact same eyes with more content that's that's curated specifically for a more niche audience um and that's what's gonna make it interesting so your big shows are gonna have cooking with kibble um, that's sponsored by continental brands and all this kind of stuff but you might have a media that's a celebrity chef or a rocker boy that's a celebrity chef 
that just records videos of them like cooking with weird ingredients that they just stole and they advertise and they cook in a freaking balaclava um be like yeah i just jacked this from you know rockland augmetics you know high-end research facility we're gonna eat live mutated lobster like uh, you know some shit like that um so you can just think about weird niche content that originates from the data pool and, uh, and when you think of shows too you can also twist up some pop culture shit from the past and make it like a a rebirth of some retro stuff like I've seen that meme going around we've actually dabbled in some ideas here with some script writers in recent time but uh, something along the friends line in that logo friends but says chumbas I don't know if yeah. you want to see, see that because <laughs> it's great you know um, but Quincy Forder here in chat says cancel culture times a million um, I don't want to dabble too much in like real life politics and shit going on especially in this day and age with cancel culture and the implications that can go in those conversations but I will say I do get what you're saying there, and it is very cyberpunk if played a certain way. If you're looking at like, um, you know, maybe manipulating what information they're giving to public or to certain tiers of economy, maybe you know, like certain people get certain inside information or certain stuff where others don't, or maybe you play into some actual cancel culture things involving with, you know, full-on cultures, ethnicities, or gangs or whatever. But again, I suggest you make sure you have a proper session zero. You work out with your players what they're comfortable with. Because when you when you start dabbling in shit like that, um, if you don't completely uh, alter it a lot to, to pull it away from where the real life influence is coming from, it'll feel too real life, and then people might get offended, or it might, I don't know, tri- be a trigger or something. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, fundamentally, what it comes down to is the the concept of cancel culture is that there are repercussions for saying things regardless of whether or not you think that's the case right and the repercussions for saying things in cyberpunk red are a media clapping back um and or repercussions for doing things right so the the cool thing about media like you touched on rob is that's the only person who can hold large entities accountable solos can shoot as many people in the face as they want to and they're going to recruit more goons from your own neighborhood that you're going to be shooting um but the media is the one with the transformative power to hold people accountable, to to hold powerful people accountable and powerful corporations accountable to the, whatever actions that they they do. So, um, yeah, when when you wanna when you wanna you know do the equivalent of you know make someone's post go viral so people see what they did, um, that's gonna be your media doing it, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pivotal, I think, to changing your night city. Oh yeah. That's the big, like, like I said, it's not the battle, it's the war at that point. You know, it has the potential of being a big game changer. Um, yeah, fixers got power like that too. Absolutely. Fixers are, you know, they, they're the dealers of information. They're networkers. They can absolutely sell um, some information. But again, that information is only as credible as the media has their rank ability to back it up. You know, so like, again, a fixer can get information um, you know, and be tapped into cultures and things. But if it's going to be significant to like a big, um, you know, newsworthy story or something that requires actual like evidence or breaking a case or something along those lines, it's always going to involve a media, you know, because you're going to need that credibility. You're going to need the evidence. All that stuff comes into play. Um, and, and anybody interested uh, in learning about stuff like that, you know, on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, like I said, we have 
I've made a crash course tutorial series about all the mechanics of Cyberpunk Red, including uh, all the different role and rank ability breakdowns. So you can go check that out and learn all about media um, to understand what I'm talking about. But I imagine like everybody here in chat, everyone seems to be on board with Cyberpunk Red. Every time we talk about it, everyone's chiming in like they get it. So I'm really excited about that. It, it didn't take long before people got on board with Cyberpunk Red, you know, gotten involved with the rules and are, are, are really hungry for more lore and stuff. And I see a Val, my beautiful wife, says back parentheses working so i guess she's still at work but she's tuning in a little bit i love it thanks for getting it in while you can <laughs> oh one thing in the chat uh Rue shady says uh, you could shame a corp into stop doing something only if the person you're targeting ain't a sociopath and uh what i want to talk about is what what uh don't think about it as shame shame requires like personal honor and integrity corporations aren't people though in the world of faces they they have a little bit of that not shame shares shareholders you know like <laughs> Yeah. Go on, sorry, I was being a dick. Oh, but what you're doing when, like, when you're thinking about interacting with corporations and changing their behavior, is you need to think in terms of the economics of attention, which is the it, is it more expensive for them to change their behavior or continue the status quo? And in a default environment, when they're doing shitty things, it's much more expensive to change their behavior. But if you make the status quo very expensive. Um, then they're likely to change their behavior. And that's what the power of medias is all about, is it makes the status quo costly in some way, whether yeah. that's loss of sales, whether that's police attention, whether that's legislative attention, you know, anything like that. Um, so think about making the status quo expensive to force either political or large scale corporate change. That's a great uh, point to make. And, and remember that most gms at that point you know it's always going to be cheaper for them to send out an assassin hit squad after you to shut your mouth and yeah. you know you know what I mean? that's always gonna <laughs> well and uh, it's so we, had, we actually had that we had that discussion at a run that i was a part of um which uh the start of the run uh was not bob blowing up our houses um so thanks not bob uh the title of the run <laughs> was called knock knock and we opened with a breaching charge on the front of our facility as a goon squad corp goon squad came in to kill us all um oh. But very cyberpunk, it was good. Um, the, however, the one thing that we had a discussion of is they after the second goon squad got sent to us, um, the guy was like, "I hate you. You killed my best men." Uh, and our solo responded with, "Well, if those are your best men, best men, then clearly you need my card." Uh, so one sent him his card to, to hire me later. But two, uh, I think we're too expensive for you to pursue now. Um, so keep that in mind. We don't want to keep costing you money. Your hubris is costing you money um, and costing you expensive people. Um, so even in like lower level role play that's not at the corporate level, think about like what your behavior is doing right now in PC is costing you a lot of money and a lot of blood and a lot of time and energy. And just paying me 5,000 ebbies to go away is a lot cheaper than me wiping out your next goon squad again. Um, like so you can make it you can you can use the cyberpunk leverage back on the gm oh yeah yeah that that reminds me of something like you just said using that leverage back on the gm one thing i don't see a lot of players do i mean some players do you know i've, I've seen some really creative tactics in role playing and, and maneuvers when it comes to plots and, and making their way through and maneuvering through a campaign and throwing some crazy curveballs however um, when it comes to like entertainment and especially like on the betting side of things Let's not forget how players can be just as corrupt or twisted or as dynamic as these NPCs and these plot twists are. You know, I did a recent one shot where the team was out at this nomad camp and it was a, there was a Thunderdome sort of situation while the team was doing this 
they were supposed to do an auction, you know, talk to the guy running the auction, he's running the camp to buy this code from them, um, which was really fun. I don't even want to tell you how that turns out. It ended extremely crazy. A couple couple crazy things happened, but um, they were debating on taking that money before buying the code and like, oh, let's go bet on the Thunderdome, you know, our rocker boy's in there and we'll uh, bet against him because, you know, he's probably not going to do good. And he was like, no, I'm going to do good. And he was really trying. And it was like, man, why wouldn't you just, you know, try to Thank throw you. it? Yeah, like just, you know, take take the hit, take the fall, double that, that 100 grand or 200 grand into, you know, a half a million or whatever you can do and go big and go crazy. But it requires some, some twisted thinking on the role player's side where you're almost out of character in a tactful way. Um, uh, it's almost living outside of your alignment if there was alignment in cyberpunk, so to speak, you know what I mean? Um, where like, uh, are, you, are you meta-ing that or are you really role-playing it proper? And to me, I think when it's cyberpunk, anything can go. So I always think like, man, if you can be creative with it, I talk about that in a recent thing with like text and and uh, when I do the deep dive series on different roles, how think creative, think of ways to, to manipulate things and not just do it at face value. Like, oh, this is how it works. This is what it is. Um, oh, I see corporations doing this and referees and everyone else is corrupt, but I, I'm not going to be like, why not? <laughs> you know, yeah. manipulate stuff too. be creative with it. I, uh, I have a... a med tech named valkyrie who's a former uh former miltech military med tech um and how i play her is i am always willing to take stupid people's money um and the very much like i'm here to do a job but also if somebody's like all right i'm gonna trust you to do this uh and it's like some corporate goon you're gonna be like okay yeah sure give me the money and then just walk away fuck them what are they gonna do find me in the combat zone no you're not <laughs> like um uh, and very much like it's being um encouraged so much of cyberpunk is like encouraging people to be gritty and this is outside the context of entertainment but i always try and make um being good costly like i i want to wear down players morality by making them make hard choices to be good right mm-hmm. uh, and uh because so many times it's like, oh, I'm going to be the good guy. It's going to be great. It's like, no, I want you to leave a ton of money on the table. I want you to cry as the pile of Evie's right. easy money because that's what it costs to be punk in a hard world. Or make, uh, make make being that good guy maybe sometimes really just the lesser of evils. Yeah. You know, like like you said, really push some, some moral, uh, the morality of, of the character. Not player, but yeah, the character. Yeah. So, um, all right. Sorry, I, that was a deviation from the, the content uh, really quick. Um, let's see, do we want to jump back in? Did you have anything else specific you want to talk about or we can jump back into like other digital media stuff? No, no, more more about digital media I think is good. You know, I keep pulling it back to like the betting, the corruption, and involves all, all forms of entertainment. But by all means, um, we were getting into the digital media aspect of things, you know, of entertainment. Um, more thoughts on that, more things. But again, anybody in chat... If you do want to backtrack subjects, no problem. Put questions, ideas in there. You know, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things, like, I want to keep going back to the data pools. I think the data pool is the most interesting and unique part of digital entertainment at Cyberpunk Red because it's so different from what we have today. It's geographically isolated digital content that's essentially free to post, right? So it's like, imagine if your Twitter only extended to the edges of your city. Um, and what different environments that would create in each different city and how unique that could be and how at that size, individual people could go viral so much easier. Um, 
But then with that, the most interesting thing in that thing is also people don't think of Ziggurat as a media company, but Ziggurat is actually one of the biggest media companies in the world because they run the data pools for each city. Um, so how can you influence media controlling, you know, at the at the Ziggurat level where they're supposedly like just independent hosting, um, but could there be plots and stories about how they're promoting or, you know, well, increasing content sharing by different people? Yeah, I, uh, I, I incorporated a Ziggurat, uh, you know, they're they're known for sell, making more money selling the information that they gather off these data pools than the actual apps and things they sell on these data pools and things they promote through advertising. It's all about collecting data, as you can imagine. Look at Facebook, social media and all the things that have gone on in our time. You know, now think about how crazy it can go, you know, projected into the future in the cyberpunk world. Um, but I did a whole thing where uh, it was when arrow zeps collide. And that was kind of the beginning of this campaign. These arrow zeps collide over the city. I never uh, there's still plot within that that can be revisited. The company wants them to still figure out why and how it happened. But regardless, they collide. It's Rockland. A uh, bunch of their shit goes down over the city and everywhere and cities in chaos. Everyone trying to get all these cyberware and things and shit from Rockland, you know, that crashed down. But um, they, the team was trying to, one of them worked for Rockland, who was trying to have them break into this company, Neocorp, called Source, uh, to figure out who sold them the information of where the different tracking devices, you know, where cargo went down in different parts of the city and off the coast and was washing up. Um, and it was Ziggurat. They were harvesting information and tracking things and, and what people were posting and such, and they were selling the information to Source. And the team that worked for Rockland had to go and find that out. They wanted them to find out, but one of the other team members worked for Ziggurat, who was telling them, go to Source, drop this virus off in their system to erase all evidence of Ziggurat being involved or selling that information because we know Rockland's looking for who fucking sold that shit. So, like, they were kind of torn between the team because one worked for Rockland, one worked for Ziggurat, and they're both, you know, one wants to find out who Ziggurat did it, one Ziggurat wants to cover it up from them. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, Ziggurat, 100%, you know, they have a lot of power and a lot of potential with campaign uh, you know, ideas and plot twists because of the fact that they're known for selling information and, and the data they collect. Yeah. Um, along with like the, the data, the data pool, which I think is really cool. Um, think of, um, pirate radio and pirate TV, especially with the sat feeds. Um, so I think one of the coolest parts of the high riders, you know, the folks who live in space, um, is the fact that they have and run, um, like pirate satellite patch-ups where they'll sell basically bandwidth to whoever to broadcast satellite TV and satellite radio um, outside of like the primary network connections. Um, and that's where you're going to get the true like unfiltered global truth, you know, or whatever unfiltered global information that doesn't have to pass through corporate or, you know, government sensors. Um, and so think about how... Uh, and Hold your thought. I don't want to interrupt and throw you off, but also think of the the other end of that spectrum. That's also where you're going to get, you know, the crazy conspiracy theorists and people like talking about make sure you put on your foil helmets today because whatever is transmitting. You know, you get the point. But yeah, go on. Sorry. I yeah, <laughs> I I think that the um, I think you like at least for thinking about like a high rider satellite patch-up, I'm thinking that's going to be a little bit more sophisticated. That probably costs a little more money, so you might not get like your local guy on a bench screaming about aliens, right? That's probably going to be like a local broadcast, which still exists because like there's still just like broadcast TV on like AM, FM, you know, radio stuff. Right. Um, so 
that type of thing is going to like still still occur. I definitely think you'll you know tune in at 3 a.m. to a guy describing to you that of course Biotechnica has replaced all the birds with robots and they're all watching him. Like he might not be wrong, but he sounds like a crazy person. Um, but then like the high rider sat feeds are going to be like maybe like a, an organized information collective, right? You have some group out of Laos who organizes and you know gathers all the information going on in China and broadcasts you know information globally about the truth. Um, uh, yeah, Master Beefy uh, got in chat. Uh, I, I think about the Rue previous uh, comment, possibly, but he says, "Yeah, those crazy theorists." It's funny because in, in my monthly uh, ongoing, he plays a media. Um, he just had to make a new character. A previous one had a, had a, had a bit of a situation, but uh, <laughs> his new character is a media um, that is like borderline crazy. Like he's following leads and stuff, but he also thinks like there's lizard people and other things going on. And he mentions, you know, are, are they weren't on helmets. You know, he's always asking if people like that you're talking about NPCs if they're wearing helmets and stuff like that. There's a whole, whole thing. But anyways, um, protect them from the, the gamma waves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the so along with um, along with these uh, these type of kind of broadcasting things, we touched um, also a little bit on um, you know the agent and how important the agent is for consumption and stuff like that. Um, Let's see, where was I going with this? Sat feeds, broadcasts, brain dance, agent. Um, oh, with um, with the agent, we're also talking a little bit about um, gaming um, and like the popularity of online gaming. Uh, you're going to get tons of that through uh, through your agent, um, but also streaming of like, you know, esports and things like that. But what kind of special, uh, and then we talked a little bit about Netrunner sports, right? Netrunners are going to have decks, cyber decks. They're going to be operating at a significantly higher level than what you can compete on with an agent. And they likely wouldn't be just games. But think about how you can make like Netrunner and tech games significantly more um, cyberpunk and electronic, right? Maybe Netrunners are competing um, where they actually have built a, you know, it's Netrunner Bar has built a net architecture that has like incredibly powerful uh ice all the way down and the only purpose of it is to run to the bottom and if you get to the bottom of it you add your name to the file at the bottom that broadcasts winners um and that puts you like on a bar so you know on the bar oh. you have a, a list of winners that type of thing i recently made a system uh that kind of just is a, a, a straight dive of ice where it's like you want to slide but then you're, you're dealing with like giants that and krakens things that either if they hit you, you know, you're not, you can't move on or they unsafely force you jacked out, you know? Um, and I did something similar. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's, it's actually upcoming, uh, <laughs> uh, session I'll be doing. Um, but, but yeah, I, I love creative ideas like that and ways to kind of play it. And most definitely it, it, it's incorporated into the form of entertainment. You know, you want to think creatively, uh, within that form of entertainment, just like we said, there's you know, these sports can be multifaceted and kind of hit on ends of spectrum from big corp, uh, you know, uh, arena, uh, big, you know, stadium level down to a little dive bar back alley level versions. Uh, you can think of the same way with some of these digital formats, you know, whether it's like the pirate stations and low level or, you know, even all jokes aside, guy just on the soapbox on the corner, crazy screaming some news, you know, like he's he's the the verbal squire or whatever you call it uh you know he's like the 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 vocal scream sheet you know yeah. um, the literal scream sheet <laughs> you know um but uh but yeah always think about that you know gms when you're thinking about the entertainment that it, it can 
you know, be kind of, uh, I don't want to say manipulated, but um, played with, like you said, like uh, cyber decks of those netrunners involved with that form of entertainment or that sport or whatever might have different versions or souped up or whatever, uh, you know, boosted versions of the typical cyber deck or programs, maybe some custom things made and, and stuff that's incorporated into that uh, form of entertainment. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, aside from, you know, sports and real life, like in-person physical stuff, like there's going to be the bars, there's going to be the sports and the things that we, we touched on earlier, because those are all great means for encounters and plots and things that happen. But uh, absolutely, you need to incorporate digital aspects of entertainment. Um, if you can pull it into plot hooks in ways that it's in, uh, incorporated in, into your campaign, the better. Um, but at least to be an element in your world as part of the world building because it's going to be a huge part. Look at how even just nowadays how important digital media is as a form of entertainment and everything that we do uh, from Netflix, Hulu, and all these apps and things, you know. Um, in the future, it's it's going to be even more. And then when you get into something like cyberpunk where it's this dark dystopian future, this fantasy, you know, this realm, uh, this world uh, created, it's it's going to be prevalent. It's going to be uh, dominating. Look at the imagery, not just, you know, when the video games started getting hype, but even the, the pre, like, just cyberpunk art in general, when you think about that stuff and you, you the, the movies and whatever, where it's uh, entering the city, it's all these holograms, and I don't know, it's just very uh, digital, you know? So it's, it, I feel like with entertainment, there's going to be a huge uh, presence of, of digital entertainment. Imagine Cyberpunk, yeah. Dark Souls, oh, the video game uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's there's going to be esports. I was imagining Cyberpunk, well, Cyberpunk, Dark Souls, uh, but it's just a dude going through a castle with a bunch of cameras on it, trying not to die like Running Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I had it. Real. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I was running uh, my previous team. I, I don't know if it was Team Spicy. You know, the ongoing one that we're up to like 20-something sessions is Team Nameless, but Team Spicy, they only made it a few sessions. They couldn't, a couple of the players uh, had to cancel. They couldn't make schedule, but I don't know if it was that or if it was the Red 2020 combo I was streaming prior to that before I got the advanced copy of Red, but uh, my buddy Mickey made a solo character that was all about live streaming and recording, so like before he would enter combat, he would delegate where his uh, combat points were and then you would click record or live stream to the local data port or what uh, uh, data stream or whatever we would make it so it would be the equivalent of live streaming even though there's no like internet access you know um, so like he was I guess had a touch of rocker boy maybe media or whatever because he would kind of use that as evidence and leverage and things within role play it not like it was part of the, the role ability or any type of yeah. rank association but it was part of his character, and I thought that was really creative that anytime he would enter combat, he would hit the live stream, and he had, like, fans that were all about it because it was, like, real-life GTA. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty sweet. Let's see. Did we have a question here? Great uh, ideas. I want to keep thinking of ways that Netrunners might want to try to one-up each other for street cred. Exactly. No, I think, uh, yeah, net, the, the whole entertainment aspect to net net runners uh seems like a really fun idea i, I really like the idea of you know find finding a breaking point in some system where it, it still has old school internet access and you can break the wall and and get out on another point and <laughs> they have to make the run across or whatever i really like that idea i think there's like potential to come up with something fun and crazy for that um is there a thing like real time brain dance 
Um, okay, so yeah, why not just make that your own? You know, as a GM, um, it's kind of the equivalent of that live stream, maybe. And maybe there, there's some. Maybe it's not allowed. It's not proper. It's not morally correct um, to be in it in real time because it, it can't be filtered and censored or con, you know controlled. Because at that point, anything kind of crazy or fucked up could happen, and you, you'd experience it. You'd see it. Um, but maybe it's like some back alley brain dance sort of spot. You know what I mean? Where uh, they've figured out some live transmission version of it. If that's what you mean when you say, is there a thing of real time brain dance? I'm imagining like it's happening in real time. So it's live, you know? Yeah. I- imagine, uh, imagine you for your campaign, you create a piece of wear that is, uh, a modified brain dance recorder. That's also a brain dance broadcaster, right? Like for extra 500 ebbies and some more, whatever, uh, you know, uh, humanity loss. Not only can this record, but this can also broadcast. Oh, the ultimate and, uh, reality show voyeur, voyeurism or whatever, right? And now, and now you're running, you know, like Ready Player One type stuff, right? <laughs> um, where people can hop in and ride along while you're doing this. Or I could see this, uh, if we touched on sports above, you know, instead of just watching your football game from live, you actually like a jack in and you are the, you know, the quarterback because they're about to take the field. Um, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Master Beefy, GM Jack. Uh, Master Beefy not only is in my monthly one-shot, who is playing the character that had a situation, now he has the new media. I don't want to say too much in case anyone's catching up on those sessions and wants to watch those one-shots on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. But he's also GM Jack. He streams with us. He's the one, uh, earlier when I mentioned, doing a version of the Running Man called the Dying Man. Uh, he was the one that was GMing that session. Uh, but he asked her, I got a question. Since Braindance is reusable in mobile... Why hasn't it replaced drugs? Um, and that's a good point. But I would have to say maybe it doesn't have, um, you know, nothing is perfect within that. And even though like brain dance is supposed to be like that experience and like you're, you're living through, maybe there's something to that. And obviously it's GM discretion and you can make it however you want. Um, but I would argue to say that since that's there, uh, yeah, you can't just get like the utopia or the great feeling from some drug put into a brain dance and reuse it to get that good feeling. Maybe it doesn't tap into the right uh, uh, you know neural processors of your brain that handle like uh, uh, the full-on you know euphoric feelings or something you know maybe it's somewhat limited just like any type of uh, uh, you know digital format you know what I mean or uh, Jenny, media the chat is that brain dance viewers are a thousand Ebbies so the vast majority of people don't have them you know they're gonna be in theaters and things like that it's not like you can just sit there and you know, brain dance on your stoop or whatever, like you could smoke a joint. Uh, so the only the rich are going to have access to brain dance viewers and purchase that um, as access. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is like from a storytelling aspect, um, Shadowrun ran into this with BDLs as like a storytelling where uh, brain, uh, the, their equivalent of brain dances um, became uh, ubiquitous and became the worst drug epidemic of all time, right? People just got locked into loops and died. In your world, if brain dance viewers become more available, or maybe they can just be like consumed if all you have is a Neuralink uh, or something like that, maybe that's, uh, you know, an epidemic that's sweep, you know, a drug epidemic that's sweeping your night city. And um, that's a really interesting kind of storytelling aspect. Um, but I think that just if... Um, well, like PWD, time, what were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, in in the but in the time of the red, I think it's just too expensive to be purely ubiquitous, even if it is um, like really addicting or really interesting. Yeah, and 
for me, I think I, I wouldn't just rely on, on the expensive aspect. I would put something in there, you know, and PWB says, you know, physical addiction needs physical contact. And that plays into kind of what I was saying. There's something to doing the drugs that just brain dance and digital just cannot replace. It's almost like people that, you know, would argue about digital media not replacing holding a real comic book in their hand or like, you know, there's like those certain things that digital can't replace. And it's like 4K is actually like, you know, there, there's 8K cameras and 16K they're working towards and things like better than your eyeballs vision. Like you can get beyond 2020 now with surgery and like, you know what I'm saying? So like, it depends on how you want to play that. Can you say, okay, brain dance is so advanced. Like, yes, it can replace that if you can afford it, you know, it's that type of thing. Or do you want to say, yeah, you know, physical addiction needs that physical contact. It needs to be actually touching the physical drugs. There's some type of thing that happens that you can't explain just like, your kinetic energy that keeps you alive sometimes being described as a soul or just a heat source or whatever, whether you're religious or atheist or however you want to describe that. And I don't want to get into real-life theology and stuff, but you get my point. Um, it's up to you, GM discretion, how you want to play that out. You know, But I like how PWB kind of says physical addiction needs physical contact. Um, so Mr. Beef, that's asked... a chemical. That's a chemical addiction. It's physical. Sorry, but go on. Um, yeah, Mr. Beef, he asks... Um... His players wanted to use a brain dance viewer while dreaming to train skills, so ignoring balance issues. What are the thoughts and possibility of 24 hours a day of productivity? I think a person would want to eventually kill themselves. Yeah, um, you can't do that. <laughs> you're not getting REM sleep if your brain is active. Um, so if you're not getting REM sleep when your brain is active, that means you're eventually going to wear out, burn out, and die. Um, right. So I think that's actually a cool set piece for cyberpunk where a corporation has tried to train people 24 hours a day to maximize their productivity only to turn them into like uh every time that they do that after the second night or something like that incurs like three humanity loss until they lose their fucking minds yeah Um, there has to be repercussions to that because it's so it's it's tapping too close to real you can't be productive 24 7 regardless if you're brain dancing uh, you know, during your quote-unquote sleep, because you're not really sleeping through brain dance, you know? Anyone who's had low-quality sleep for an extended period of time knows how it burns through your body. Like, it just, you you are not a whole-functioning person if your sleep sucks for unless a long you're, Unless you're like me, you've got problems, you're hypermanic. I sleep in three-hour <laughs> in three hour increments every night. I sleep three hours, I get up, I work for a few hours, I crash for another three hours, and I'm up, and I do my but- day. You sleep for three hours, which is the exact time for a single human REM cycle. Oh, exactly. Uh, well, I've always said that that there's something to that when I hit that that REM cycle and I get to that that sort of uh, past the theta to the delta dream state and I get to that point, something fucking wakes me up because every time I hit that, it's a right around that three-hour mark. Something fucks me up. There's something to that. Maybe some damage. Let's have a, let's have a psychological moment and talk about this. <laughs> I'm kidding, but um, but uh, and real quick before it get moves yeah. on, uh, Valerie, thank you so much, my beautiful wife. She said she's got to get going. Both of you are doing a great job. I really appreciate that. Bye, Val. Um, I guess she's got she's got to get back back to work before she gets into trouble. <laughs> um, Quincy Forder, hell yes. Like now it's two thirty six a.m. here right now wherever Quincy is, and yet I'm fully awake, uh, waiting for my Voltaren patch to kick in. <laughs> oh yeah uh, pwb deep dive rob's dreaming exactly i have a lot of books in that i'm really into like lucid dreaming and, and stuff like that i love studying the science of parapsychology I, and on you uh with lucid dreaming i did a stint of very extensive prep for it and did five um lucid well we'll argue the difference between lucid dreaming and astral projection in a later episode but um did about uh 
five or six months of that with very intense practice, which was really transformative for me. Hell yeah, uh, I'm heavily into that. I've been studying it since I was a kid. I even uh, majored in the science of parapsychology uh, at a college I had an academic scholarship to uh, back in the day. A private nice. college ranked at like number eight in the country as well. So, um, and no joke uh, college, you know. But I'm heavily into that. We do a completely different episode, like PWB jokes, but we'll do a deep dive on it. I actually do it uh, now. I'm starting up like a weekly AMA, a sort of ask me anything session. It's like a live game master tips. But I also talk about uh, my experiences as a filmmaker, touring musician, entrepreneur, all the businesses and things. It'd be great to maybe do a combo AMA. Me and you are just a weird side session. We can talk about metaphysical sure. stuff and all that stuff. But back to Night City Entertainment. Right. Um, I apologize. For I'll, I'll totally go on. I'll totally go on tangents and talk about all kinds of crazy shit. I'm, I'm like that. I can get scatterbrained quick. <laughs> um, so a uh, suggestion for the next topic. Um, I have a list of the five canon bars. Do you maybe want to go through the five canon bars in Cyberbread and just see kind of... Um, all right. So the first one is in Little Europe. Um, we actually... Chat mentioned it in a second. Um, short Circuit. Uh, it's a favorite haunt of techs and netrunners. It's not uncommon to find patrons of the ball hauling wreck tech in from the hot zone to tinker within the booths. Zarifa drones at the door uh, keep people from hauling in anything too dangerous. Um, so this is a cool tech bar that's like l not your traditional one. This is the type of bar where I might see has that high scoreboard on the wall where you have to get as far as you can into the architecture to get your name on there and it gets you a free drink or something. Yeah, I love that. Maybe that's where you do a cool meet to like go to find a, a scav that's going into the hot zone to buy some like crazy weird scavenge tech. Or uh, maybe it's like a midpoint in your run where you're looking to, you know, you ask your GM, all right, I do a library search. I'm trying to find where I can find someone who can tell me what to do with this, whatever, MacGuffin piece of technology. And of course they tell you, man, you go down to the short circuit, you go to the bartender, you ask for quick zip and he takes you to the back uh, where you meet up with a guy whose specialty is like identifying weird stuff. Um, what else do you think you might find in short and circuit think, or tech Yeah, no, like definitely. That? And that, that plays a little bit into like that first episode when we're talking about like places, things and services too. Um, everyone check out that episode. And this is, kind of uh, a slight addition of that too with, with the campaign ideas there. But I think when it comes to entertainment, I think leaning heavily into the digital side when it comes to short circuit and a Netrunner style bar, it's gotta have, um, you know, lots of eSport digital versions of things. I love your idea of the, you know, see how deep you can get, you know, to get your name on the board, whether free drink or something or reward. I don't know, there, there, there's something to that, but I think no matter what, being Netrunner style bar, being short circuit in the name and the way it is, it's got to have plenty of digital entertainment, um, you know, things to do. I, I don't picture it like old school retro, like pool tables and darts and smoky, like a nomad bar on the outskirts of Badlands. It's more um, analog than digital, if you will, you know. Uh, I feel like this is going to be, you know, holograms and, uh, uh, I don't know, very s cyber style, if you know, stylized. What if they had a um, like a big hologram rink where you jacked into uh, decks on either side, and it was netrunners like fighting, but it was like virtual, and you had you oh, know yeah. you were like whatever a sp specific type of ice that were like oh, no. you know boxing yeah, style to netrunner like, fight club, you know, like a yeah. netrunner net fight club. I love I love that idea. It's a great idea. But yeah, any any version of sports and things that you can think of and things creative ideas like that. Um, push it digital as much as possible when you're thinking that short circuit bar. I, I definitely recommend that. Does uh, chat, you have anything interesting you might find in short circuit? Let's see. Jenny was mentioning um, that they met a former, uh, that they hosted a game there once. 
Um, a former Infocomp Netrunner was in there, which Infocomp was a, a corporation that died in the Fourth Corporate War. Um, what's it? Death Battle with Knives. I'm not sure exactly how. Death I, no, he says IA. I think he means uh, AI. Death Battle with Knives. So he's thinking artificial intelligence death battle with. Yeah, AI. See. Yeah, definitely. See anything like that? I can picture. You know, it's it's short circuit. It's Netrunner style things. So anything digital, uh, you know, system involved, most definitely. And we can move on to, to the other bars and, and get through them. And everyone in chat, by all means, like I said, you can backtrack. Feel free to. Oh shit, that just popped in my mind. Yeah, that bar you mentioned, short short circuit, probably has this. Put it in chat. We can always flip around to the different ones uh, as things come to mind. Sweet. So the next one is in the upper marina. It's the Afterlife. This is the premier solo bar in Night City, built in the remains of an old morgue on the outskirts of the Hot Zone, run by the legendary solo Rogue. Every solo in the city dreams of getting a drink at the Afterlife named after them, even if it only happens post-mortem. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the one that, you know, moved all the way, uh, you know, locations up, up to 2077. It's been there. This is a, you know, a... This is, uh, you know, like you said, a canon part of the lore. Um, with that place entertainment-wise, I think during Time of Red, um, you know, it's going to lean more towards the combative-style things. Maybe there's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe some pool tables, darts, and some classic, you know, retro-style gaming, but it's going to be more analog than digital there because it's very solo-based style place. I think maybe the alley out back, they have little fights or some things going on. I don't picture it like the slammer, like, you know, having a ring inside or like uh, crazy entertainment like that. I, f I feel like it's more got that like network forlorn hope vibe to it where it's like you're going there to get jobs or to network or to meet someone or do something along those lines. But being said of that type of clientele, that type of spot, being Night City, every place is going to have types of entertainment, but it's going to be more analog than digital. Maybe some, like I said, outback fights or things that they do because solos are there and everyone's got the machi machismo thing going on. Everyone wants to prove that they're the tough guy or something. I don't know. Maybe some arm See, wrestling or something weird. At, at a high-end solo bar, what I always imagine is like the more dangerous you are, the less bravado you have, right? Generally. So I see that as a it's place listed that's listed as high end. That's right. Yeah, it's the premier solo bar. Okay. Um, so not necessarily yeah. high end. Only the badass of the badasses go that get to go in. You know, get their name on the list. Um, so when you're like that, that like level of exclusive, I I tend to think of it as more like this is all a bunch of people who know they're all dangerous and don't have to puff up their chests about it. Whereas like I'm more imagining um, like the slammers where like people are like yeah fuck you we're gonna fight. Um, and so, as far as like entertainment, I, I could definitely see like classic entertainments, um, you know, just like, you know, like you said, pool table darts, shows. And I, and I don't think it's like, you know, the whole slammer fuck you and stuff. Like I said, I, I don't think it's like that. I even said it, it's not like that. You yeah. know, it's not like the inside ring and stuff. I think it's more like out back prove themselves sort of thing, which I think leans more into what you're saying, which which is, it's a definite great point. Uh, you know, yep. the, the more premier, the more skilled, the higher rank, the less you're having to prove yourself maybe it's more of that standoff uh sort of situation and less of the um physical interaction initially but go on sorry oh i was gonna say instead of like fighting one another i could absolutely see like tests of skill right like mm. um shooting like you know you're shooting pennies from 100 meters in the alleyway or something like that like um really like you know pissing contests that are that are like 
be, being like super precise or strong, but not necessarily beating one another up because you get enough violence. The solos get enough violence for another, <laughs> yeah. but like still want to show that you're better than people, right? Um, I could see the arm wrestle maybe pop up every once in a while, like you said. Yeah, I like the shooting um, contest idea. Yeah. Too. I really like that. Um, all right, the next one is, uh, has already been mentioned, the Forlorn Hope in Little China, uh, a small exclusive solo bar that caters primarily to veterans from Southam and Fourth Corporate Wars, serving as a home away from home to many of the city's most dangerous retired solos. Um, this is a cool, interesting one. It's a little bit different. I think the Afterlife is like where the premier active solos are hanging out. And then the Forlorn Hope is like, you know, kind of where the old guys go to tell some stories. Now they're still dangerous, but they're maybe they're not, you know, they don't need to work every day anymore. Uh, so you got a lot of guys hanging out, and telling stories about the good old days, uh, you know, maybe drinking away some humanity loss. Uh, I don't know, it feel, to me it feels more combat zone, so I, I still picture it like going there to still get gigs, but I, I, I could see like both sides of that clientele. I like the old retire hangout because, you know, it's, it's been there uh, since 2020, you know what I mean? Um, but but before we go further into Forlorn Hope, I do want to backtrack just for a moment with PW PWB saying there in the chat. How about a rep test just to get in? You know, doing a standoff maybe with the the front bouncer, or maybe you just do a, a general rep test uh, depending on if it's like got that premiere vibe. Like if maybe maybe the premiere you're doing a one d ten versus rep to see if you even just get in, but maybe you're doing a standoff version to like the security guy out front of like forlorn hope or the less premiere but the less based on the rep but more of the standoff like are you are, are you a badass enough to come in this bar that sort of fucking yeah. vibe where the other one is where the other one's more premiere where it's like have i even heard of you are you even allowed yeah. in here that sort of rep test so it's different with the rep test 1d10 versus the standoff where it's the cool rep plus 1d10 so i just wanted to clarify that or even a blend of the above yeah jenny said Stare it down, the yeah. So it's you know I haven't heard of you, uh, but following it up with like, do you even know who I am, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that that type of thing, um, and that's how you could you know ro role play where you probably should be a good solo type person to get in, but maybe they haven't heard of you, but maybe you have some rep that you do bring up of like I did this, this, and this, and you just haven't heard of me because. Or I play it cool, you know. That exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or your cool and rep isn't enough, but you got the skill enough to where you know you're in that premiere, you're trying to get in haven't heard of you what haven't you heard of me don't you know who i am and haven't heard of you and you fail the rep check but you got the skill to let me just show you something and like you see the guys doing like the far distance penny shot and you're just like ping and you hit it and you're just like fuck dude and oh didn't know we were dealing with someone of your caliber by all means enter sir you know that sort of vibe so absolutely definite definite ways to role play that in many many different directions to make it happen i, li I like that idea a lot though a uh, great idea there pwb and you can have that at both Afterlife or Forlorn Hope or any other solo bar that you kind of spin up in your own game. Um, about I love the know. rep test. Yeah, any bar. Fuck just solos. Like that rep test idea I do like for that sort of more premiere location. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to incorporate that into an upcoming session here somewhere. I really do like that idea. It's fun. Yeah. If you're a net runner and you're trying to get into the back room of Short Circuit, same shit. Yeah, right? yeah there like, you go. The uh, VIP section of any bar, you know, is going to involve that rep check, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, did you have anything else on Forlorn Hope? You said you used it no. in a run before. What did you... Yeah, uh... no, it was, uh, it's, it, I think it's been in all my old classic 2020s. Anytime I've played or GM, like it's been involved with solos trying to network. It was the go-to spot to, you know, get gigs, network, or in between campaigns. Players would always go there just to see what encounters they would get because it's known for <laughs> solos and shit and stuff. But we can move on. Yeah, what's the next one? 
Uh, the next one is The Slammer. Now, we've talked about this one a lot. Um, it's South Night City. It's a popular ganger bar on the south side docks known for its cinder block arena where boosters from all over the combat zones come to settle disputes with heavy firepower and bloody rippers. Uh, now, this is the like the, the classic like Mad Max bloody coliseum-type yeah. crazy bar, right? Where you are got cyber psychos like, ripping people limb from limb or like, you know, this is where if... If I was going to have a run where I was buying a Biotechnica Tiger, this is the one where it would end up, right? In the pit versus some other people as, like, my my bloodthirsty champion. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, Slammer is all about the fight club. It's, it's you know, it's that Cinderblock Arena. It's all about that. That is obviously the form of entertainment there. And I think, like, you know, like you just said about the Biotechnica sort of Tiger aspect, like, don't forget it doesn't just have to be people. There can, yeah. you know, it can be just, you know, as long as in your session zero, people are okay with involving animals, robots, whatever, whatever they're comfortable with, you know. But, um, but yeah, you can be creative. It is cyberpunk, but it, but it's all about fighting. The slammer is all about uh, that that cinder block fighting ring. So that's the main focal point of entertainment there. This this is also the bar where I would incorporate um, like rock shows. Um, this is also where I would incorporate like low end sex work as forms of entertainment, drugs, things like that. Oh, yeah. They might even have like, uh, you know, a, maybe, maybe they have like a really, you know, a grimy BD booth that somebody stole where you can watch XBDs in the back room or some shit. Yeah, or it's like a BD, um, uh, BDSM version of a, like a burlesque show. It just goes a yeah. little farther. It's almost like a sex show in from Amsterdam style play thing, you know? Um, yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, and then as far as like performers and rocker was yeah, definite underground performers and such. I could I could see some uh, some of that backyard wrestling going on there. You know, the kind where they're yeah. they're involving you know uh, bobbed wire and fluorescent tube uh, bulbs breaking. You know how they do do all that yeah. sort of shit in the backyard wrestling. They're doing that. They're doing that at the Slammer. I'm sure they're gonna have that's their Monday night or whatever. You know. Yeah, absolutely. that's their youth night. <laughs> Get, get the kids involved exactly. yeah you know uh, so uh we got a, a question in the chat um Rushady, is there a corporal meeting place and bar uh there actually is it's not advertised as a bar it's a uh basically a high-end restaurant um i had it and it didn't write it down but i might find it for you in a second um let's actually the, isn't it the atlantis or something or yeah that's i was gonna um Let's talk about the next one, and I'll find it really quick, and we can okay. talk about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last like cannon bar bar is Metal Storm in Haywood. Um, Metal Storm is a nearly indestructible bar built under the bridge to Central Night City. Metal Storm caters to chromers of all shapes and sizes, including a bunch of full-body conversions who come here to thrash and get plastered. Almost everything in this bar is solid metal, including its customers. <laughs> yeah, so it's, this uh, is... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just gonna say this is a cool bar. I definitely see like in your campaign if Maelstrom is popular, this could very much be like a Maelstrom bar, right? Um, like this is where they hang out. This is also gonna be like um, uh, a type of place where if you want to get like f find like a really you know underground cyber doc to a ripper doc to go like find you some good stuff, um, or if you want to like meet cyber psychos or maybe in your game um adam smasher is real like right. adam smasher this is where adam smasher would hang out right oh so, totally yeah, yeah. Uh, this is where all the borgs and people are hanging you know it's all chromed out they've gone too far uh absolutely you're gonna have your cyber psycho encounter there <laughs> if there's a chance to see one 
Um, and Jenny, Jenny in chat said, yeah, the, in the Glen, number five, Club Atlantis. So I was right. It's the Atlantis. Club okay, Atlantis. Cool. That's the place, you know. Uh, she even put the description there. I'll just read it so everyone can have it. But it's the Glen, number five in Cyberpunk Red listed there. Club Atlantis, a glamorous, multi-level club popular with execs for its flashy avant-garde and disorienting style, highlighted by moving staircases, mirrored walls, and cool cerulean lighting which is kind of like a blue i believe but yeah i I used that that's where the ziggurat uh new year's eve party was where the team uh, got pulled aside and hired and told they to go into source and erase all knowledge of them uh giving up the information about the rockland uh arrow zeps uh merchandise and shit colliding i used club atlantis that just reminded me when i read the description that must be where i got 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 it from (laughs) yeah funny yeah yeah unironically everyone gets drunk and swaps psychiatrist cell numbers i bet the therapist is one of the more popular people at metal storm yeah uh so um, those are all right yeah and then the last one is club atlantis um and so yeah so actually at metal storm um we we just described it but what type of entertainment do you think we're gonna find there um moshing you know competitive moshing but it's not for a prize it's just for clout or some shit you know what i mean like but i think it's as they described lots of thrashing i picture it's people on the verge of being cyber psycho so they're already a little detached from uh you know having empathy um so they're all about the most aggressive crazy music and forms of entertainment and you know borderline violence so if everything's made out of metal and it's known for thrashing i picture that's the form of entertainment um lots of very intense rocker boy uh things going on there um and People. I'm imagining like super, like super death metal screamo, like in a pit with crazy lights and smoke, and just you know, in, like industrial metal, and the Borgs are like slamming into one each other and like okay. throwing people off stuff, and but nobody's getting hurt because you're giant metal beings, and it's just like people going nuts. Um, oh yeah, I can picture that. Maybe even like you know, you enter and you know, there's sparks here and there as like chromed parts are scraping and hitting up against each other and the metal walls so like there's like strobes and lights and then random sparks flying around from uh the interactions as a uh, as a funny funny thing because it's so many borgs and stuff like that though it's not exclusively borgs but just the idea for your run um if you uh have your team show up to metal storm maybe the way that you get in is you have to lift a 300 pound door i like so that. it's no not a problem for the boards to get in but they just self-select who can enter if you can yeah, lift yeah i the like door. that <laughs> that makes sense that's their bouncer you know that's who's that, yeah. that's their filtration system yeah, just uh, pick up this steel shit to yeah, even yeah. get in and i like uh, all, all the floors slope towards the cent- central drain for cleanup that would make sense at the end of the night they hit the switch the sprinklers kick on and wash everything everything down the walls yeah. everything's metal you know make it rain at the metal storm is very different than everywhere else in the club yeah yeah <laughs> clean up all of the fluids um yeah but let's all uh, right yeah moving on to uh, and, and again anybody has any thoughts about any of the clubs any forms of entertainment that we touched base on from the sports to the back alley stuff to the clubs to this the di- digital forms now going through all these clubs and ideas of entertainment anything you want to interject Bring it up in the chat. We have no problem answering questions or backtracking on things we've already talked about. But moving forward on the last club there, Atlantis, I already kind of read the description there. Um, but if you want to just hit it one more time. Sure. Um, in the Glen, Club Atlantis is a glamorous multi-level club popular with execs for its flashy avant-garde and disorienting style, highlighted by moving staircases, mirrored walls, and cool cerulean lighting. Um, so this is going to be the the 
classic depiction of a super upscale corpo nightclub, right? You're going to get your, you know, your DJ playing, uh, you know, whatever the most modern music is. You're going to have holograms and go-go girls and go-go boys. Uh, you're going to have drugs. Uh, you're going to have long lines and pretty people standing out front, uh, limos, significantly less of like the, you know, you know, um, all of the other bars that were a little more grimy up here about like competitions and stuff like that. This is much more of a place to be seen um, and a party rather than like meet with friends. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think the, the form of entertainment here, you're not going to find pool tables, darts, probably not even like digital games on the bar or things Netrunner stuff. I think, like you said, the absolute form of entertainment in this place is going to be alcohol and networking, you know, looking prettier than the people next to you and like you know what i mean looking like you come from more money or you're cooler than the other people around you it's that they're finding entertainment in that it's all about people watching networking uh drinking you know i think yeah. it's, it's going to be that high class sort of spot food drink that that sort of vibe you know yeah i could also see it is multi-level maybe. so you know maybe you have what you have a couple floors that are dancing maybe you have i was just going to say yeah um, one, maybe one big one dance floor with a with a high end DJ or like yeah. maybe on like private party nights like you know like a digital harp player and you know some hologram artist from the past opera singer from whatever you know what I mean like it's going to be yeah. some really avant garde or high class stuff or a really like we said like a really expensive DJ the most top rank you know yeah the uh, the phrasing avant garde also leaves me to think about like what is kind of weird stuff um, I'm imagining like. Uh, what if that's like one of the floors is a private invite only masquerade ball, right? That burlesque like a, show style stuff yeah, again would be know, here. Um, or like the, the ultra upscale uh, with burlesque show, like a carnival, right? Um, so they have like, you've got trapeze artists or you've got yeah, like, yeah. you know, people doing. What's um, that Cirque du Soleil style yeah. stuff? You know, it's going to be something like that. Let's you know? punk it up. Um, yeah, I, tol I totally agree. It's going to be, you know, weird forms of entertainment. You know, it's going to be. Drinking and networking and such, but yeah, multi-levels, you know, some type of dance floor, but it's going to be, you know, some interesting form of music or entertainment, or it's going to be really expensive, the most popular pop artist or top-level DJ or something along those lines. And then, like you said, I think the avant-garde word that they use in description um, definitely lends itself to the most weird forms of entertainment, but still being that upper-class style shit, you know? So, like I said, that Cirque du Soleil version of a circus, you know, it, or... Uh, you know uh, that burlesque show that involved that is also that's put together by famous uh uh rocker boy actors and actresses or something you know what i mean or like yeah absolutely like that dita von whatever that was dating marilyn dita manson back, yeah, yeah and she was dating marilyn manson back in the day and got real famous for a burlesque show and doing all that you know it's going to be things of that caliber interesting shows that aren't just like a typical band or something yeah. But it's all going to be like the most expensive version or entertainer of that field or whatever. Sweet. Um, the Atlantis yeah. is chess. Yeah, the, the game for excellence inside the Atlantis is chess. I like that. Uh, it could be I, that. Maybe in a back, back room like some exec, but but oh, let's not okay. forget. Yeah, but let's not okay. forget. It's, it's not going to be out, out in the front. You know, it's, it's going to be more drinking and like oh i can't believe she's wearing that oh honey did you see her wearing that like that sort of fucking exec shit up and coming i picture more of that but i could see like if if there was a place for that it's going to be some some back room some private vip room or something where some execs are like trying to prove 
you know, their intelligence against each other. Something so, maybe. Because you're not going to see chess in like the dive bars potentially maybe, you know? Um, something something that I've stolen for a high level bar before um, from a sci-fi book I read a long time ago uh, is a back poker room, but no money is bet. And it's just executives and all they do is bet secrets. I like that. Uh, and so they will, uh, you know, they'll walk in and, you know, the biotechnic exec will lay down uh, the formula to this new, you know, to this new chemical that came out. Um, whereas the uh, Miltech exec will lay out, uh, you know, this is the, uh, whatever, the security plan for this area. And like, that's the type of stuff that they're betting that's ultra high for, for these really rich people. The money doesn't matter anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. I see PWB says bathrooms are where all reps mingle. Exactly, that's a great point, though. You know, everybody has to hit the bathroom eventually, so it doesn't matter if you're, you know. Although that's not to say like VIP other levels they have their exclusive bathrooms, so you're not gonna get you're you're not doing your business in those, my friend. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're of that rank, you meet that rep check. Does your yeah. do, do your private parts meet this rep check? Can you enter <laughs> this bathroom? Uh, Fuse sounds like a great game to run, a high-risk cotton job on... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The um, So the last, like, physical location that exists that we haven't really touched on is, like, the really obvious one, but it's Playland by the Sea, the giant amusement park. That's, like, the, the most canonical uh, entertainment venue in Night City. Uh, it's a corporate-sponsored amusement park, vacation destination, thrilling brain dance adventures, theme park rides, continental brand food courts corporate security and a lot of the park is in renovation um so this is a very obvious setting for entertainment within night city everything you think of a classical theme park that exists today in disney amped up with technology and exactly. cyberpunk right um you know think about uh it is a playland by the sea so they likely have um sea world vibes right that's uh, just something i've always assumed um so maybe they have like a you know an orca whale presentation or maybe they have like a you know sentient dolphins or some you know that have been trained to do crazy stuff right right uh, yeah, some weird but, chore choreographed jet ski demonstration or doing <laughs> ramps and with fire and you know there could be all kinds of weird entertainment things whether it's daytime or nighttime but yeah i totally picture it like that you know that cyberpunk version of disney world or whatever you know or yeah. well disneyland because it's not as big as disney world it's you know a bit smaller uh in, in this city in night city but um, but yeah, it's it's the uh, um, you know exec or family theme park vibe um, when it comes to entertainment. Um, you know we've touched base on all the sports and clubs and all the different forms, and it's always kind of been a mix in all the things that we've discussed, whether it's all ages or adult or whatever. Whereas when I think of uh, this place, it's to me it feels 100%. Uh, you know, like you said, cyberpunk Disneyland. So it's going to be more exec and family. Uh, based, you know, a more wholesome uh, yeah. form of entertainment in Night City, um, probably the only form of wholesome entertainment in Night City, you know. And 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 that being said, always make sure um, it's as described, you know, heavily uh, se secured, you know, really well, good security, and uh, and it also said under construct, you know, renovation. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, like most shit in Night City during the time of Red. Uh, bouncing back from fourth corporate war and all the fallout and stuff you know things are not just building up from uh from an idea but from what they once were and all the damage they took and i imagine this is probably the same type of situation you know it's under constant renovation absolutely um 
All right, I think we've covered almost everything related to entertainment within the book. Chat, do you have any questions? Anything you want us to revisit? Anything you think is interesting that we missed? Yeah, by all means, if there's any, any other forms of entertainment in Night City that we didn't mention, throw it out there in chat now or forever hold your peace, and we'll just assume we covered everything. <laughs> Which is impossible. I know, like, every, every time I do episodes in series like this, I'm always like, hell yeah, I think we covered everything. We did this, that, blah, blah, blah. Any other things? No one there. Everyone's like, cool, we go. And then the second I end the transmission and step away or go make dinner or lay down for sleep tonight, I'll be like, oh, shit, forgot to mention. You know, like. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? That's, you know, eventually, if, there, if there's enough of things that we didn't mention or things that pop up late in later discussions or chats or in comments on the VOD version, we can always come back for a part two. Uh, you know what I mean? There can always be a part two to these these uh, these topics. Um, but yeah, I think we covered just about everything. We went through, uh, you know, all the sports, the different sports teams going from the uh, McCartney Field Stadium um, down to all the clubs and bars, uh, all the different forms of rocker boys and entertainment from back alleys to the streets up to the, the little bars and stuff. We covered all, all the different canon spots. We mentioned the Slammer and all, all the different ones we just did. I also went into all the different creative things that you can think of, encouraging GMs, think of more, think outside the box. And if you're watching this on the, the VOD version of this on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, please drop ideas into the comments because, like I said, I'll, I'll pull them into a, a, a part two or something. Um, I love spreading more and more ideas. But, um, but yeah, the Nomad Death Races, Battle Bots and Battle Drones, the Body Lotto, Strip Clubs, Topless Bars, Brain Dance, both legal and illegal, and different versions of that we talked about. Russian Roulette, different versions of that. Um, Rocker Boy, Battle of the Bands, literally, Battle of the Bands. Solos and Nomads running man-style obstacle courses, uh, similar to what GM Jack did there, calling it the Dying Man. Um, don't forget about betting. Uh, all forms of entertainment have forms of betting or corruption because don't forget a lot of things are corporate sponsored. Everyone wants that, that top sponsor spot or they want to take out their competitor, so to speak. Uh, referees can get involved. Don't forget about kidnapping and murder top players of teams. Uh, I'm just trying to you know, recap all the things while I'm giving chat time in case they had any, any last-minute questions. But I think, I think I just did a quick cliff notes of everything we covered. Did I miss anything there? Um, just, uh, think about the data pool, think about how, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, the differences between data pool, broadcast TV, network programming, sat feeds, who your media is provided by, where's it coming from, who controls it, um, makes for all for interesting ways to how to integrate entertainment into your story, because there's drama at each one of those levels and power to be accrued by any of those players. Um, so wherever you know wherever you want to source entertainment or make a story especially if your team has one or more rocker boys on it um how can you incorporate them into drama uh that make gives you opportunities to be cyber and punk yeah that's a great point to reiterate <clears throat> um yeah pwb says you gave me quite a bit to think about uh jenny says good show y'all yeah i think we covered everything i think people are are saying great job so that leads me to believe we did a great job i'm gonna i'm gonna trust their opinion <laughs> when it's positive like that i'll believe it i'll fucking believe it but uh but yeah and, and like rue says part two entertainment yeah we can always revisit and do a part two and honestly i wouldn't even mind like uh, once once i get through all these night city lives uh maybe me and you uh will get together and have a private chat and just revisit you know places things services gangs entertainment 
the upcoming yeah. episodes, and maybe we'll put together like a, a, a part two to all those in one episode if there's not enough to make each individual. You know what I mean? Like we can do a, an, an, an addendum or whatever to all the previous episodes or something maybe. Sweet. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like I said, anybody that's watching this in the VOD, feel free to drop some ideas in the comments. Um, I'll, I'll pull that into future stuff. Um, also, we can touch base on things on my next live AMA. Um, like I mentioned, uh, also check out in the description. I'm going to put links uh, to everything Cyberpunk Uncensored. Obviously, I want you to join the Discord. Check out the Patreon. I would love your support. Uh, check out the group on Facebook, all that stuff. You'll see the links in the description. But also, make sure you check out Night City Stories. We have the, the, the link there in the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. Um, that's where you'll find Lobster Falcon and his buddies. Uh, we're partners with them. Uh, they do a great West March uh, gameplay. They have lots of opportunity, real easy to get involved. So check all that out. Um, like I said, I'll put that link in the description as well. Um, any final words or last words before I kill the transmission? Uh, yeah, so uh, like Rob said, come check out Night City Stories if you want to get your cyberpunk fix and you don't have a home game to scratch that itch. Uh, the only other shout out I'm going to give is if there's anybody out there looking to hire a writer for cyberpunk content, then don't look no farther than our chat, Jenny Glitz. Uh, Jenny Glitz is actually a very, very good author for Cyberpunk. Um, and so if you're looking for somebody to write for some content for you, uh, reach out to Jenny, uh, or I can point you in that direction. Nice, awesome. Yeah, uh, our PWB does that as well uh, for nice. our scream sheets. So PWB and Jenny, you two should probably talk to each other. Um, uh, I know we started up the whole showcasing writers on the cyberpunk uncensored discord um it's only like a, a few bucks a month um through the patreon but we're also showcasing work uh on the general uh, uh writer channel as well as uh scream sheet releases so as we're putting out the img from the edge scream sheets for jams to use we're showcasing you know fake news and stories and articles and ads and all kinds of stuff from artists and writers so jenny talk to pwb you guys should definitely chat maybe there's ways to work together get involved with these projects to at least showcase the talents and lead the more paid gigs but i second that anybody that that needs that sort of shit hit up jenny hit up pwb uh support the community you know we all put passion into our talents and into cyberpunk because we love it you know i do it because i'm obsessed i i can't stop thinking of ideas and new series and episodes and streams i want to do and i i want to talk about it all the time that's why i started that ama i'm just like fuck i'm kind of bored right now let's just go live and talk about shit you know like i'm just into it but that's not to say it's not completely, uh, you know, fuel on the fire, motivated, uh, validated by your support uh, as, as, a, as a fan. So please, if, if you like the shit that I'm doing, that Lobster's doing, that these writers are doing, anybody in the cyberpunk community, find a way to support. You know, see if there's a Patreon to support. Even a simple like and share of a video or something that they put out goes a long way. You know, encourage it to other people and someone out there might need it. And, uh, and and find some value in it. So uh, so yeah, let's all just support each other. I think that's going to be my last words here. But, uh, but yeah, thanks so much for joining me as always. Uh, we'll do more episodes together. I love having you on the chat. Um, yeah, and thanks er everybody uh, coming into the chat and joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, so everybody take care, and we'll see you next time. See ya.